Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Limits. Joe. This is a very strange day. It is weird. Paul Zeiss, who had a medical episode on Friday. Now, maybe I'm not allowed to give his medical information, but he talked about it here. Just suffice to say, he's making sure everything's in working order before he comes in today. Okay? He's going to be in at 1020. He's not the medical situation I'm worried about today. It's Andrew Filipponi from yesterday. Explosive who, diarrhea. Well, apparently he looked fine Yeah, when I saw him, so I'm not a- accusing him of malpractice in any way. I hate when people come in sick. Ron used to come in sick. Ron gave vacation days back to the company. Uh, he, he would work under any and all circumstances. Um, but Andrew, after looking fine, apparently had the biggest blowout since game one of the 1985 NBA Finals, <laughs> right? Celtics 148, Lakers 114. And I can't deal with that. Is JP in there? Is he in there with, in the room with you right now? Not in the room. He popped his head in, wanted to say hello. I'm going to go track him down. Yeah, track him down. We can have him actually uh, do the JP roofing read live. But hold on a second there. City limits. So I'm very paranoid today. Okay. I almost hired professional cleaners to come in and fumigate this place because – I can't deal with with that type of thing. The only time in my career that I missed a game on account of sickness, missed covering a game, was game one of the 2009 Stanley Cup final in Detroit, which the Penguins go on to win the Cup, right? Game one was in Detroit. We're in that beautiful, big, huge, circular Marriott in Detroit. Awesome place. And sure enough, the day before the game on the ride up there, everything started happening. And then before you know it, I was in the hotel room that night, the night before game one, and the whole thing came apart. Man. More blowouts than the 07 Patriots, who you remember went 16-0. and 18-0 until the Super Bowl. Yeah, good point. Although the playoff games were closer. And I... I couldn't, I couldn't go. I couldn't go. Like, like I felt horrible because the company, then the Trib, was paying me to be there. And I was an unmovable object. 
just unmovable. Plus, I would have put other people in grave damage, including the Penguins. Can you imagine if I cost the Penguins the 9 Cup? You got Max Talbot sick. <laughs> Sidney Crosby can't go out there. He's got the flu. That's what sports writers, broadcasters have to think about more often. I don't think they think about it at all. You know, you want to be the hero. You want to be the hero and, and cover the game no matter what. But locker rooms are like little... What do you call the little inc- incub- incubation things? Yeah. What are those called? Little sanctuaries. Sa- well, no. A sanctuary would be where you go to get peace. Yeah, that's and true. And maybe pray and do yoga. I'd imagine the locker room's not that. No. I-, I can't think of the word that it is, but germs spread very fast. And what if I had cost the Penguins the 09 Cup? You think, I, you think I'd be still in this town? I don't think so. I don't know that if you'd got be around? sitting across from me right now. Yeah, that wouldn't be good. So, and I'll never forget the kindness of one of the workers at that Marriott. Like, she had no reason to tend to me. In fact, probably if I was her, I would have marked down room 312 or whatever it was. Don't come back. Yeah, as a don't touch until this guy's gone and then have, like, you know, a cleaning crew come in and and decontaminate the whole place. Instead, she was unbelievably kind to me. I'll never forget that person. Like, she checked on me. She didn't think you were a biohazard. And, no. And one, and brought me chicken soup, even. Like, it was unbelievable acts of kindness from that person. So, that's what I'm thinking about this morning uh, with Pony. And I don't, see, I don't feel compassion for him. That's a problem. <laughs> There's still good people out there in the world. Somehow I feel anger toward him, and he's sick. He's the one who's sick. Like I texted Mulsey last night. I said, does Andrew have the stomach flu? He said it appears to be that way, and I sent back an angry expletive instead of saying I hope he feels better. So maybe I can become the better person today. Do you think? I think you can. I think this is a good exercise for me to try to do that. Guess where we're going to start today? Off the top with J.P. Roofing. Go go get Let's J.P. Go find if JP you would. Roofing. Yeah, that would, be, that would be wonderful if you can find him to do a live uh, J.P. Roofing here. I'll tell you exactly where I'm going to start. I bet you never guessed. Steelers quarterbacks. And here's the thing about Steeler quarterbacks and all the questions therein. I think it's a very small amount of people who are in the camp of stop talking about that. I'm sick of it. In fact, I think it's just ramping up. Every time I see a person who recognizes my voice maybe, or someone I already know, they want to talk about the Steelers quarterback situation. Like, why wouldn't we keep talking about that? It's as hot as a, as a topic can be. It's the Steelers quarterback. I think there's an old rule that Ron used to talk about. When in doubt, write about the quarterback. I don't even know that I was in doubt today. There's lots of things to talk about. Paul Skeen's on the mound. This ridiculous, apparently, proposal that's gaining momentum to put 14 teams into the college football playoff. As I heard Michael Wilbon say, you know, the next step is a play-in in Dayton. What are we doing here? So there, And the Penguins have a huge game tonight. There's a lot to talk about. But I wrote this morning for the Post-Gazette, and I'm in the mood to talk, and I bet you are too, about Steeler quarterback candidates. 
I don't think I'm going to get tired of this. And if you're one of the ones who, who claims to be tired of it, you'll still listen and you'll still call at 412-928-9370 because it's something that everybody has an opinion on. Everybody. This isn't like who's going to be their left tackle. Oh, yeah, the guy from Arizona who's a free agent. What's his name? No, everybody knows these guys. Even even the Gardner Minshews of the world you have an opinion on. The Marcus Mariotas and Flaccos and Garoppolos and Cousins and Darnold and Winston and Wentz and Taylor. Everybody's got an opinion on quarterbacks. Welcome back, City Limits. How did that go? Well, I did a lap and I did not find JP. He's somewhere in the building, I was told, but in my lap, did not find him. You know what? He's probably taping some spots. We'll find him. He'll stop in on the way out. I was just explaining to nobody in particular, because Zeiss isn't here and neither were you, that the idea of please stop talking about the Steelers quarterback, I'm sick of it, is a very small circle of people. In fact, in fact, I think it widens every day. I think it heats up every day. And everybody I talk to, that's all they want to talk about. So we're going to talk about it. They just can't get enough. City limits. You and I did something last week where you expressed your love and affection for Sam Darnold. Yes. Remember that? And I know he's not very good. Well, then why do you like him so much? You I still just, think he will be? I still think he can be very good in a good system. I thought he was pretty good. He was okay, I should say, in Carolina two years ago. But but it's year seven. Do you know of any guys who have been basically broken for six years and suddenly became a star in year seven? Geno Smith's really the only one. Geno Smith does, and I'm going to add that to the column, and thank you very kindly for that. Geno Smith gives hope to every washed-out quarterback in the league. Pretty much. He really does. Maybe Mason Rudolph in a year, depending on where he lands. Mason Rudolph could be Geno Smith. That's a great analogy. You've started out hot today, City Limits, and I commend you for that. Bring in the fire. How did your night go? Good. Relaxing. Especially after two days ago calling a playoff basketball game. I was a little exhausted last you night. You did a hell of a job on that game. Thank you. That was a great call. Yeah, it meant end. a lot. And what I really admire is that you let it breathe yeah. on the on Baldwin's. Was it a winning shot or just the end of the game? End of the game. Yeah. It was a free throw off the front of the rim. If there would have been an offensive rebound put back, would have tied it and sent it to overtime. Yeah, you went crazy for a moment, and then unlike Tony Romo, yes, you let the crowd. You, people want to hear the crowd. And congratulations on doing that. I'm sure you saw that Bill Hillgrove is stepping down, at least uh, on the Steelers. Yes, he'll be back for the 51st season calling Pitt football in the fall. Talked to Jack Hillgrove this morning. Did you? Yeah, I sent him a text. Jack is an old student of mine at Waynesburg. Where is he right now? He's in Steubenville, Ohio, doing sports. Jack and I went to high school together. He's a budding legend himself, isn't he? He is, yeah. Love that guy. Two years older than me. So Bill will stay on, yeah, I read this uh, in the Post-Gazette first thing this morning. He'll stay on pit football in the fall, but stepping down after so many years. How many years is it? With the Steelers? Yeah. Since 94. So 30 years. That's incredible. And he's 83 now. Wow. What a great family. Yes, I taught uh, Jack. At Waynesburg, at least he was in my class. I don't know if I taught him anything. He was great. I think I made a big impression on him the first day when I shut all the lights in the classroom and played a Bob McAdoo highlight film. For me, it's it's insane that I got to grow up with Hillgrove 
Mike Lang and Greg Brown slash Lanny, who you worked with at Lanesburg. I got to learn from at Waynesburg. Yes. We really have been blessed. As great as the teams have been, the broadcasters have been as great. 30 years for Bill Hill Grove. Jerry Dulac, the lead in his story, Bill Hill Grove. Wait a second. Euphonious? Euphonious calls? Does that mean with a good voice? Whose euphonious calls and frolicsome banter delivered Super Bowl victories and countless memorable moments to radio listeners for 30 years is retiring as the voice of the Steelers. So I was going to say good luck in retirement, but we still have him on pit here. So it's sort of a half retirement for Billy. And we'll look forward to having him on pit football and basketball his 51st season. Who are you on the phone with, City Limits? A caller, Jim, in the North Hills. What did he want to say? He wanted to talk about, I was kind of confused what he wanted to talk about, like investments and things involving teams He's and calling investments. calling you fr- financial advice I said, or did what? You, I said, Wrong did, number? Did, did you, you want to call KDKA? He said, no, I wanted to call the fan. I was like, okay. Well, let's start with the quarterbacks. Here we go. Here's what I did for the Post-Gazette this morning was ranked each one of these guys all the way down to Darnold, Winston, Wentz, and Tyrod Taylor. We're sort of all in the same category for me. I'm continuously amazed that in a world where quarterbacks are developed from before birth up through college, that there's still at any given time only about 10 of these people on the planet who do this at a high level, if that many. It's by far, I don't think it's even close, it's by far the toughest position in all of sports. It's trying to be a baseball pitcher with somebody diving at your legs on every pitch. You know what I mean? I was going to say Folsey. You know what I mean, Limits? I do, yes. Do you agree it's by far the toughest position in sports? It it is. Things are happening a, a trillion miles an hour. There's people on the field who want to maim you on every play, and you're expected to deliver accurately nearly 70% of the time and win games. So this was Steelers fans' greatest fear, I think, that we were all hope would be alleviated with Kenny Pickett. And who knows, still might be, still might be. That post-Ben, and maybe this was the Steelers' fear too, that post-Ben, it could be some rough sledding for a while, right? Mediocre sledding. I remember my friend Ron. You remember him, Ron Cook? I do. Soaking up the sun in Fort Myers. He told me many times, uh, or he wrote many times as well, that, you know, be careful what you wish for. The post-Ben years could get mighty ugly. I wouldn't say they've gotten to that point yet, but it ain't pretty. And you wonder how long it's going to go on. I mean, I think even the staunchest picket backers out there would have to acknowledge this is a little bit worrisome, right? That this isn't quite how you thought it would go. Maybe that'll change, and maybe with a real coordinator. Kenny Pickett will thrive. I'm I'm holding out that possibility for sure. But I, I would say pessimistic right now is how I feel about that. And then what? And then what? What's the plan? We're we're in year three of the audition here. 
And then you look around the AFC and some of those very few people that can do this at an extremely high level are littered throughout the conference. In Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, I think Justin Herbert fits in that category. Joe Burrow certainly fits in that category. C.J. Stroud looks like he does too. Lamar Jackson, you know, it's 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 a situation where when you had Ben, you lined up for 90% of your games for most of his career. 90% of your games knowing you had the advantage at the most important position on the field and the most important position in sports. Didn't mean you were always going to win. Certainly Ben's playoff career over the past several times he, he competed in the postseason wasn't great. I get that. But you know what I'm saying. You, you always had a chance, and you won the vast majority of your games, mostly because of that guy. You know, you want to talk about the non-losing streak, and I certainly don't. He's the main reason for it. That stretches back to Cower. And the irony, of course, of the non-losing streak is that it was born of a losing season, of a terrible season. The other irony is that Mike Tomlin has a losing record in the playoffs. Although he has this, what is it now, 17-year non-losing streak. Where am I going with this, City Limits? I'm glad you asked. I'm going to the possibilities for this coming season, and I'm not at all convinced that the Steelers want to, to stage a competition. I don't think they do. I think they, I don't want to use the word coddle, but I will. I think they want to coddle picket, but but there's a fine line between coddling and putting a guy in what you believe is is the best position to thrive. And I'm still doubting that the Steelers think that pouring gasoline on a quarterback controversy fire by bringing back Mason Rudolph is not what's best for Pickett. I don't believe they think that's what's best for him. You already have people in the locker room and apparently the front office who favor Rudolph. Are they aggressively pursuing Mason with an offer that he cannot refuse? I don't know that, honestly, but it doesn't feel that way. It feels like, yeah, go out, test, see what's out there, come back to us. You know, the, the, We've seen this before with the Steelers. And I don't necessarily blame them for it. I'm just saying if they really, really wanted this guy and believed in him, it feels like they'd be chasing him with more aggression. So the question becomes, do you want a legitimate competitor or even a, an out-and-out -out starter in here? Do you really want Kirk Cousins? Do you want Justin Fields? Do you even want Russell Wilson? Or would you rather have a non-threatening vet, a caretaker, and create an environment in which Kenny is the clear-cut starter with a Charlie Batch-like mentor and backup and a new coordinator and go from there? You can make an argument for that, for sure. And I think that's what they're going to do. I don't think they want a, 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 a Rudolph Pickett controversy. And more to the point, city limits, what does a quarterback competition even look like in the offseason? I don't know. I think it's more like baseball spring training where you have your starter, you know who your starter is, but you tell the world, yeah, they're competing. See, we're having a comp. No, you're not having a competition. You knew before spring training 
who the guy was. It's like the last time they had a, quote, competition around here. Mike Tomlin knew Mitch Trubisky was going to be his guy from the first day of OTAs in minicamp. There was no competition. I'm not even sure you can have one. What does it mean? You're judging their accuracy in seven-on-sevens? What are you judging? One guy's having a great day against, uh, I don't know, Josiah Scott in the secondary, and the other guy's struggling against the first-team defense? So the guy's throwing to Deuce Watts wins the day? What are we talking about? You can't have a real competition, I don't think. What would you base it on? The preseason games? Didn't we learn our lesson last year from trying to read too much into that? So I don't think the Steelers want a competition. I'd love to be wrong, and I certainly don't think they want a starter coming in here. So let's look at some of these limits. Let's look at some of these, and here's how I want us to rate them. One to five based on excitement level. One to five based on excitement level. Are you ready for this, Limits? Limits I'm ready. Who are you talking to now? Huh? Say that again. I just got off the phone with a caller. Yeah, what did he want or she? Want to talk about the Steelers quarterbacks like everyone else. Oh, are they on the line? Yes. Well, let's have them participate. This is their lucky day. They just won the lottery. Who was it? Let's do it. Here's Rob in West Mifflin. Rob in West Mifflin, how are you? I'm doing good. How you doing, man? <laughs> good. Are you ready to participate in a little game of sorts with myself and City Limits? Absolutely. What we need is a ranking one to five in your excitement level on these other alternate quarterbacks coming in. One, you're not excited at all, and you wish they would never show their face in this city. Five, man, you can't wait for this guy to get here. And then a very short explanation uh, after we give our numerical rating. Are you ready, Rob? Let's make it happen. It's going to go me, Rob, and you, City Limits. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's just give our numbers first with these gentlemen, okay? Okay. Mason Rudolph, one to five, I go a three. Rob? I go a four. I'd also go a three. Rob, why a four? Because he had a hot hand at the end of the season, and uh, I want to see him push Kenny. Because, I mean, you know, eventually something has to change. And he figured it out with, with, I guess, calling the same plays towards the end of the season and got him in the playoffs. So I give him a four. I hear that. All very reasonable. I, I just feel like the sample size remains very tiny with him, and I just still don't feel like he's the guy long-term, hence the three. Russell Wilson. I give a four and maybe a 4.5. Rob? Five. Five? A two. And a two for city limits. I'll tell you very – I think he's washed <laughs> and done, Rob. I, I think he's done. <laughs> Let Russ cook. What's Russ this guy looking at? What's this guy looking at, Rob? Russell Wilson had 26 touchdowns and eight picks. He beat in order. I don't know who it yeah, was. Kansas City, probably, Green Bay. Go ahead. I'm sorry. That's probably the most touchdown pass we had from our two quarterbacks the last two years. Combined, yeah. Yeah. yeah, city limits. Why don't you like I, this guy? I, I say five because he's cheap. And and he could come in. And, and, and if he comes in, I guess he'll be the starter. 
and he's proven. He's proven. And I'm basically giving him a five because the money reasons. That's why. Well, that's a big deal. And here's the other thing with him. I don't know. I don't know if he would come in as the starter. I, I could see him as as not getting a job elsewhere. Like I saw in Jerry Dulac's chat that Russell Wilson obviously wants to be a starter. Okay. Where are the openings in the NFL, especially after the draft? Let's say that let's say that New England, Chicago, and Washington all take a presumed starter at quarterback in the first three picks. You know how many openings that leaves? Like two, like like Oakland and Atlanta, maybe three. Two Not or many. three. So what if they don't want Russell Wilson? He turns 36 next year. I could think of worse situations than for a guy who turns 36 coming in here. You're, you're the veteran backup. And if Kenny Pickett falters or gets injured, you're in. I, I like this idea. But city limits, you hate it. Yeah, I just don't think that ever since he's gone past Seattle to Denver, he's done okay. But if you can't even function and work with Sean Payton... I mean, I just Sean think Payton done. hated him. He was yeah. working against him. And make no mistake, Russell Wilson stunk two years ago. But yes. let's move on. We have to move on, Rob. Let's just give our numbers for the following guys. And if something pops up that's very interesting, we'll elaborate. Jacoby Brissett, 3.0. 3.5. 2. 2.5. Baker Mayfield, 4.5. Rob? I got to ride with you 4.5. We should have got him last year. I give it a four. I like it. We all like Baker, don't we? I still think he's going back to Tampa, though. Gardner Minshew, 3.5. Three. I give it a three. I've warmed on him a little bit. What do you have against him, Rob? <sighs> His mustache? He's like, Kirk he's like a Kirk Cousins, man. Puts up a lot of stats, but he doesn't like really win anything, you know? Yeah. He's a, he's a stats guy. Yeah, I hear that. But his stats are pretty good, and he shredded the Steelers. Of course, a few <laughs> other people did, too. He definitely did. <laughs> Justin Fields, 4.5. 10. <laughs> Let's go 1 to 5, 10. What do you got for us, Limits? 4.5. We all love Justin Fields. Why do you love him, Rob? He brings another dimension. Uh, Kenny, when he gets out of the pocket, he's not—he's not really looking to run. Justin could get out of there and take off, you know. And I—and—and I, and, and I'm just looking for an upgrade, man. There's not, nothing against Kenny. I know the, the, the offensive coordinator situation stunk, but I was just looking at some games yesterday. He was missing a lot of wide open receivers too, man. Well, there's no, doubt, there's no doubt about that. Now, Fields has missed his share as well. Listen, I, I still think he'd be a big risk, but that's the point. He'd also be a big swing, you know? He'd be a big swing. And people want to talk about his, his record in Chicago. Where did I – I forget where I saw it. Somebody comparing his record to Pickett's. Have you seen the Bears lately? They brought in Chase Claypool to be his number one receiver. Joe Montana doesn't win with that team over the last three years. And Joe – you know what I told somebody? Not to cut you off, I'm sorry. No, if you're you good. Switch those guys, if you switch those guys, if you put Kenny Pickett on that team with those, Darnell Mooney, he was the number one before, before uh, numbers, I forgot, the, I'm, I'm losing my mind, before the, DJ Moore got there. Yeah. Darnell Mooney was the number one. If you, if you, if you switch him, 
like last year and the year before? I don't know, man. Maybe I'm just – I don't know. But it's a big upgrade to me. You know, it's nothing against Phil. I mean, uh, Kenny Pickett. But I just think that it's a big upgrade. Very quickly, Ryan Tannehill, 1.5. Rob? Minus four. <laughs> One. Marcus? He does, he does nothing. He does nothing for us. Nothing. I, I'm not all into that. Oh, he knows the system. He knows the system. I'm not, I'm not big on that. I'm not big on that. I'm sorry. The quarterback coach knows the system, too. Is he going to play? I, I'm with you on that one. Marcus Mariota, 1.0. Ah, oh, man. Marcus, Marcus, Marcus. I give him a one and a half, Joe. All right. Give him a one and a half. And he struggles with the whole passing thing, which is problematic. I'll give him, a, I'll give him a point eight because that's his number. Jimmy Garoppolo, <laughs> 1.5. Jimmy G, two. Zero. He stinks. I'm sorry. He got benched for Aiden O'Connell. Joe Flacco, 2.5, surprisingly. Donut. Donut? Donut. Really? Hmm, I'd give it a three. He had more touchdowns and five starts than Kenny Pickett might have in his first five years. 13 games this year, at least. Kirk Cousins, 4.0, with concerns. Rob? Five. Mm. Four and a half with a little bit of uh, concern what the money would be. Let's talk about that next. Rob, you were tremendous as always. Perhaps we could make this part of the show at some point. Thanks for calling. Thanks, man. Enjoy the show, man. I love you guys, man. He's the best, isn't he, City Limits? He is. He calls all the time. He might even be better than Zeiss. <laughs> plus, Zeiss is here. Plus, he'd be here. Where is he? He's going to get water. He'll be <laughs> back for the next segment. <laughs> That's nice. He went to get water? He could have joined the segment. Well, he knew we were at the end of the segment. All right. I know, and he's, he had a medical problem. I should be more compassionate. Uh, off the top, presented by J.P. Roofing and Siding. We're going to have John Parado today on baseball. Is that right? Yeah, we're going to have J.P., John Parado, and J.P. Roofing is going to stop in at some point. That's gigantic. Fan Twitter brought to you by South Hills Kia and Peters Township. Visit them at southhillskia.net. And the hotline, presented by Sullivan Super Service, provided trusting plumbing and HVAC service for over 50 years. And this is key, the fan text line. We want hot takes, I don't care, stories. We, we need to get a little more creative. Send us a creative text. Could be short, could be a little longer, whatever. The answer to your question, Joe, as to what the atmosphere in the room is right now, a Petri dish is what everybody a said. A Petri dish. A Petri dish. That's what I was looking for. Thank you for. to the texters. And I'm starting to feel a little something in my stomach. Oh, great. Can I sue Pony Maybe if I get sick? Maybe it's just your own mind. You're just thinking it into well, existence. That's always possible, yeah. It's that's called thing. psychosomatic. I can think of that word. And I've had that for a long time. Wonderful. For good reason. I mean, I had some traumatic things happening when I was little. I got I got allergic to bees in Ireland. I got stung by a bee um, on a beach in Ireland. And my head swelled to near Mulsey-like proportions. <laughs> I also got bit by a dog, a German shepherd named Saber. Which was worse? The dog. The dog attack. Although. Your head wasn't swollen from the dog attack. No. Looking like a beach ball. My rear end uh, took the brunt of that. Oh, nice. Uh, So, yeah, text. Come on. Let's do this for text in the city later. 412-928-9370. Text line brought to you by Edgar Snyder and Associates Personal Injury Law Firm, where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you.
Pirates spring training action today against the Baltimore Orioles. Paul Skeens makes his first start for the Bucks in spring training. The Pirates line up O'Neill Cruz, Jack Sawinski, Cabrian Hayes, Roddy Telez, Henry Davis catches, Edward Olivares, Lyover Peguero DHs, Cannon Smith and Jigbas in left with Nick Gonzalez playing at second base. Headlines are powered by Bowser and Genesis of Monroeville. Now open for more. Go to 937thefan.com. Paul's ice has entered the building. How are you? You okay? I'm here. I know. You said it's really a bummer when people say how bad you look. It doesn't exactly boost your morale. I walked in the door and I had about four different people say, boy, you look like you know what. Then I walk in, I figure my man, uh, City Limits over here, would say something nice. And he goes, boy, you look terrible. <laughs> and I'm like. I think you look great. I'm like, uh, I, I, I. I Felt a hell of a lot better yesterday than I do today. That's for sure. But it's a process. But you look worse. No, I'm not trying to crush your morale. You looked better yesterday. But you had some tests today and stuff. You've been through something here. But but yesterday I felt a hundred times better. I thought, okay, I'm on my way. But it's a process. Today today feels like a setback. But I mean... A setback physically, but yes. not a setback in terms of they're not finding anything horribly wrong with you. Oh, that's, no, a, that's a step forward. That's the good thing. Well, again, they, they know what's going on with me, and they're trying to get it under control is the biggest thing. You know what I mean? And and they have gave me some medication, and they gave me another uh, medication. And, and it's going to just be a little bit of a process. But I, I feel like this time next week I'll be ready to run a marathon. What's the limit on how much you'd spend for a golf round? I ask because I might be going to Naples next month, in, in which case we would visit Ron. My wife and daughter and me would visit Ron Cook Too and hard. perhaps his daughter. Listen to this. All these golf courses near Naples, including Tiburon, if I'm saying that right. I don't know. I don't know if I am. Paul, at tw- and it's a great, beautiful course. 12.30 today, tea time. Four hundred and sixty-two dollars. Nope. What are we doing here? Uh, if I'm paying that much, I'm going to play the Oakmont. Yeah, I got to play someone. Yeah, I mean, come on. So, what's the limit for you to play a uh, nice course? Two hundred bucks. Two, uh, two. I would say this for courses like you're talking about, like you go to Florida or somewhere like that. I might pay one fifty, one seventy-five. You know what I mean? But you're, we're talking about bucket list courses. What like, is your bucket list course? I mean, by the Augusta. Way? Augusta. I think I would pay. I think I'd pay a lot of money to play Augusta one time. Mine is Pebble Beach. You know what I mean? Yeah, I would too. I would pay a lot of money to play 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 Augusta. What uh, about Oakmont? I mean, I've played Oakmont. It's, it's unbelievable. I love that course. Really, you just, played it? Oh yeah, it's a great course. I love that course. Did you par any holes? I shot ninety-seven. That's pretty damn good. Uh, I broke a hundred. That was really good. I, I felt like I played my rear end off. Really, I had. It, the, the one hole that I had trouble with, I got in one of the bunkers. And if you get in a bunker there, and it's your death. If unless you're a really good sand player. Um, well, if you're listening the, out the, there, uh, the, the guy the, who texted me or 
tweeted me one time, invite Paul and I to play Oakmont. We'd yes. love to get it ready for the big tournament. Yeah. Who uh, better than us two? That's right. So they're, the Oakmont, but like, uh, um, so like Pebble Beach? Yeah. I would probably pay 500 bucks to play that. I'd pay a lot. I'd probably I'd, pay. But, but I, I think they make you stay there these yeah, days. Yeah, Torrey Pines, I probably would pay. I'd probably pay like three fifty, three hundred, three fifty to pay to play there. I'm just stunned by this. Yeah. Four hundred and sixty-two bucks to to play around at twelve. I think I paid. I think I paid. I think I paid two seventy-five to play at the Ocean Course. You know where they had the PGA where Phil oh, Mickelson won. Oh yeah, that was unbelievable. I, I got to find some so, cheaper options here. No, I, I like can't I be said, spending more on this than my hotel room. No, what I'm saying is, if you go to a place like that. Those are some of the better courses around. Can people who belong to clubs here get me in a private club there? Does they, all it take is a phone call? They would make a phone call and say, hey, one of our members is coming down. Blah, but blah, I'm not blah. a member here. They would just well, say I was. There's, and then it would be like, well, you know, you'd probably pay the guest rate. So whatever the guest rate is. Like say, so say it's a private course. Yeah. And, you know, like if, you're a, if, I, if I take you to a private course, you have to, I have to pay like a guest rate for you. Like some, I I think like at Edgewood Country Club where my cousin belongs, it's like a hundred bucks. For some guest. guy invited me to play Edgewood. Now I can't remember who it was. But, I should have said but, yes. But my point is, it's like a hundred bucks. So if they, they would call down there, whatever the guest rate is, right, for like a member to bring a guest, okay, you would probably pay that. So that'd be unbelievable. Yeah. I'm gonna do that. You yeah. know what I never asked you yeah. about? If you could figure that out, I mean, if you, yeah. Was the waste management open? <laughs> What did you make of that? I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Now, some of the, some of, some of it got a little ridiculous, you know. Uh, the arrests part. Yeah, when it started getting completely out of control. But I love it. Listen, this is what I always say. <clears throat> I always say that game on the line, right? Oh, let's go back to Scott Norwood, right? People screaming their heads off. Are you going to tell me there's golf shots that are more pressure-packed than a 46-yard field goal or whatever to win the Super Bowl? But guess what? Kickers do it every week. They do it in the playoffs. People screaming their heads off, right? Yes. You got to do it. Get fouled. Get fouled with five seconds left. Down one. Go to the line. You're on the road. Do they have an announcement? Everyone, everyone must be very quiet now. Or do you have a bunch of people screaming their heads off, throwing you know banners up and everything, and are trying to distract you? So one of the why, one of the golfers. So why are golfers and tennis players any different? I agree. Uh, now there are some turn. Uh, well, here's what I would say. Here's do you th do you think golf is headed in that direction? It'll, it'll never be that way no. with the Masters and things like that. But do you think we'll see more tournaments like that because there's money to be made? There is. I think the live probably will be more inclined. I mean, if you if you watch one of those live tournaments, they've got music playing for God's sakes, blaring over the speakers. Do you like that on the course when you're playing? I like if it's quiet. My music, you know what I mean? Just quiet. Just to, you know what I mean? But yeah. I don't want to you know, blaring music over a loudspeaker like that. You know what I mean? If I can control the volume, you know what I mean? I don't, I like it. I just, you know, it adds a little something. I, I can, here's the thing, I can live with it, with it or without it. I've played with guys who say, I don't want that music, or I, guys, I want that music. 
I don't care either way. I'm not gonna, you know what I mean? It's it's not a deal breaker for me. Right. But uh my thing is, could you imagine though? Here you go. Walking up the eighteenth hole at Oakmont on Sunday. <laughs> right? And I don't know, Scotty Scheffler. And uh, I don't know, pick another guy. Well, Victor Hovland are tied. And both have 200 yards or 180 yards into the hole or whatever it would be. And they got to step up and hit a shot with people screaming their heads off. That's what I want to see. I think people, maybe the golfers wouldn't, but people in general will get used to that real fast. Yeah. No, I think you, you can't have drunken idiots jumping into bunkers, <laughs> no, right? That's different, yes. You, you can't have that, but but having a raucous crowd at golf events yes. that are allowed to cheer during play, why not? Yes, and the whole the whole point about it is these golfers are whining and crying about the noise. It's like, you know what? Here's the thing, like at that Phoenix Open or what it was called Waste Management Open. Zach Johnson uh, the one dude was like, I think it was Cantalay. Like there was like these guys. They were going over and scolding and yelling at the crowd. You know, they play to the worst stereotypes of entitled snot-nosed country club brats. Yeah, they yeah. do. Yeah, yeah. And it's out of touch, entitled. Listen, go hit the ball and shut up. <laughs> I agree. You know what I mean? Do you city <clears throat> limits? Where do you fall on this? Do you golf? Occasionally, very rarely. But I'm want, trying to get more into it. I want Adam Sandler style. What was the name of that movie? Um, Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore. That's what I want more of. It's just amazing to me. Would you watch? Do you watch golf? Yes. Okay. I watch. Like, I watch the Masters, the Open. I no, won't watch like w- small little okay, events. Okay. But would you watch a small little event if if it heated up like this? I think so. Yeah. So would I'd I? I'd be intrigued. And you you know that the people who run these tours know that and they see what happened in Phoenix. The, yeah, the they see how well, 200,000 people on that course that day watching turned it into a frat party. Plus people like you who would tune in on and me yeah. who would tune in on television to watch stuff like that. There's a lot of money to be made. Yeah. A lot. I mean, to me, I think it it makes it more interesting, but more importantly, every other sport. Oh, you know, Guys, that, guys, uh, up, up uh, you know, pitching. I mean, we would never have the Johnny Cueto game if the, if the rules of golf applied. Right. Okay, okay, now the pitcher has the ball. Everyone has to be quiet so the pitcher and the batter can concentrate and focus. I mean, listen, if guys that are standing there with a little wooden bat and a ball coming at them 100 miles an hour, you know, if they can figure out how to focus and hit, golfers can hit too. I think it would make it so much better. I agree. I agree 100%. Bob doesn't. So next time you see Bob. Again, he's an old old curmudgeon country club brat. (laughs) That's what I say. What's our segment for next Monday? Get off Bob's lawn? I think so. Yeah, I think we're going to go with that one. He hates uh, court storming. He hates the Phoenix Open, whatever it was called, Waste Management Open. And he hates mock drafts this time of year. He hates fun. We're gonna get him. We're gonna get him on Monday. I like mock drafts because I take them for what they're worth, Paul. Nobody's nobody. Every every person who does a mock draft knows they're not predicting. It's not predictive. It's fun. It's analyzing players. It's opinion. You know. Yeah, I, I don't mind it, but after a while, it gets a little silly. 
when we're we're doing mock drafts every week and it's changing. It's like what is changing? Like, <laughs> but, but it's but that's what it is. Are they playing Take it games? For what it is. Are it's they fun. playing games? We may have a mock drafter on today. Are they playing games? Are they? Are, what is changing? That's that's always my favorite. Is like, okay, guess what? Joe Schmidt, he's sliding now. He's sliding from you know fifteenth to thirtieth. Well, when they, when that's taking it too seriously, I just want to see. I could read one every minute of every day. I'm a draft Nick. Is that the name for it? Enthusiast. Yeah, that works too. Limits. I love it. I love reading about it. I love who people project the Steelers to get. Maybe Paul belongs on that lawn with Bob. Or in the house telling people to get off his lawn, you think? Possibly. Well, I, I'm just saying, I, I don't mind the the mock drafts. I don't. I'm just saying, to me, after a while, it just gets silly. <laughs> That's the fun. I know, but I'm silly just saying, is like, fun to isn't me. Isn't it silly though? That I mean, my my favorite thing. Here's my favorite thing, Joe. Right? Is that okay? Fred Fred uh, Fred Franklin Stone. Yeah. Fred Franklin, the uh, NFL expert, self-appointed NFL expert. He puts out his mock draft. You know, because he watches all 22, so he knows what he's talking about now. You know, you knows that, Joe. Everybody, ever since all 22 became, became a thing, everybody's a scout now. So <laughs> this guy watches yes. all 22, so this is his mock draft. My favorite thing about that is the fans that get outraged. Did you see what Fred Franklin said about the Steelers? If they do this, I you really give a rat's but, rear end about yeah, what Fred Franklin says? No, but but here's a, the latest one from CBS. I First of all, I can't help it. You, like, if you ask me what kind of ice cream I like, I like mint chocolate chip. I don't know why. When I see a new mock draft, I go to it, and I like it. Because it gets me to thinking, okay, what if this was the case? What if it was Caleb Williams, Drake May to Washington, Jaden Daniels to Atlanta in a trade? That's It's just interesting to consider all the scenarios. What would I do? Who do I think is the best of these quarterbacks? And usually they're not that far off. Like the best play, the, the people these people have picked going one through 20, most of them will go one through 20. Yeah. They will, I mean, again. Would you take, for instance, here's some questions from this mock draft that I'll ask you because they're launching points for good discussions. Would you take Marvin Harrison as the first non quarterback in this draft? Do you think he's going to be a star right away? Well, couple weeks ago on Wednesdays with Whaley, Doug Whaley said he's maybe the most overrated player in the draft. I've seen things like that That be, he's, said, be said about him. That he's a good player, that he probably will be a good NFL player, but he's not going to be like this game changer. That's why I like mock drafts. No. Arizona at four. Are they going to take an overrated guy or are they going to get? Probably because uh, they often do. Kyler Murray, the they, right guy. They and did they did get it right with Larry Fitz. I'll say. And Anquan Bolden. They traded for him, I think. I can't remember if they drafted him. This mock draft also has the Patriots moving down to eight and taking J.J. McCarthy, which is another discussion point. It gets me thinking. It's very interesting. Do you like him, McCarthy? You think he's going to be good? Ah. Uh. <laughs> 
I mean, I, I, not that I would disagree with Jim Harbaugh, who, you know, is a superstar uh, coach who claims that J.J. McCarthy is going to be the best quarterback in the draft. I don't know. I didn't see the, that from him. I, I, look, again, I think he could be an okay NFL player. I think you he's know, Mac Jones you know, 2.0. Right. I, maybe, maybe, maybe a little better than that. You know, I'm just not. Here's the thing, Joe. The quarterbacks on the board that we talk about. Okay, I'll go through them all. Let's okay. do that next. Okay. Let's do it next. All right. We we'll do that go. next. We have to go. Now, do you see where I'm heading with this mock draft stuff? Look at all the interest it spawned between We're us. We're mocking. And I'll tell you who this draft has the Steelers taken, which is very interesting, who they would get and not get. Then we're going to get into Paul Skeens and what might be one of the most intriguing spring training starts, if not the most, that I've ever seen with the Pirates. It's the most. I guess you can go back to Garrett Cole whenever he made his spring training debut. But, man, I'm going to be riveted to this thing today. Is it on TV? City Limits? The game? Yeah. Pirates? Yeah. No. TV or radio? No. Yeah, that's right. It's not on. It's crazy, but it's not. And where can people listen to it? I don't know. It's not on the radio. I think Baltimore might be streaming it or casting it, but all that I know, and there's been a big uproar about it not being on anything locally here, but it's because it's in Baltimore's park. If it was at Lee Comp Park, then the Pirates probably would have broadcasted it. Well... I'll tell you this much, however I can be riveted to it, whether it's by via computer, whether it's whatever it is, to me it feels like a monumental moment in Pirates history. It's just a spring training start. We'll talk about it. Coming up next, first 50-minute mark on the fan brought to you by South Hills Chrysler Jeep Dodge Route 19 in Peters Township, celebrating 50 years in the South Hills. And Cook and Joe every Wednesday to hear about Starkey's Card of the Week from the baseball card castle in Cranberry. Contests run every Wednesday through Friday at noon at the 93.7thefan.com contesting page. Man, there's a lot to get to today, including uh, John Parado's going to join us right before Skeens' start. Um, so that should be interesting to hear Johnny's thoughts on what we're going to see today from the number one overall pick uh, in the draft. It's going to be fascinating stuff. Fan weather. Brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. Check out special financing for qualified buyers on new Silverado 1500 trucks. Is it going to be 63 today? That's not right, is it? City limits? Uh, I don't think that's right. It's only 27 right now. Yeah, it's not going to get to 63. Of course, it went from that 60 to 20 yesterday. That was yesterday's weather. Can you find fixed. me today's weather? Yes. It's going to be sunny and cold. That's what I see right now, at least. Yeah, it will not be 63 degrees. It is currently 30 degrees with a high of 38. Thank you, City Limits. Thank you, Joe. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel in partnership with Valley Forge, America's number one sports book, because right now new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Man, the game I watched last night was incredible. The Lakers were down 21 in the fourth quarter, and then LeBron, who's aging like Tom Brady here, just went crazy, crazy in the fourth quarter. He looked like 23-year-old LeBron. Well, while he's healthy, he might be a good bet. Quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. Just visit FanDuel.com slash Starkey and shoot your shot. 21-plus, present in Pennsylvania. First online, real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
I'm Austin Bechtel with your fan headlines. Penn's four-game road trip continues. Game two of the road trip against the Seattle Kraken tonight. Penguins were winners 4-3 on Tuesday against the Vancouver Canucks. Pens are currently on a three-game winning streak as well. Here the Jeff Cable Show for Pitt Basketball tonight at 6 o'clock right here on 93.7 The Fan. And also hear Pitt play Boston College at 6 on Saturday with coverage beginning at 5.30. Headlines are powered by Bowser and Genesis of Monroeville. Now open for more, go to 93.7thefan.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. All right. JP was just in. Joe Potochnik. I believe we may be golfing next week in Miami. That's uh, that's uh, that's good. That'll be those. Those will be good. Those will be free rounds of golf. Yes, they will what, what be free rounds of golf. So those are the ones we can spend $400 yeah, on. I don't care about that. What you need to that. do is push for 36. That's what you need to do. 36 holes? Yeah. Yeah, right now we're playing. Well, we are. We're a 36 in one day. That's what I mean. Yeah. You get off the flight. And you go play. You play, you know, you play to 18. Then you go eat a nice dinner or whatever, you know, get in bed early. That's the way to do then it. Then you get up at like seven, play around, go eat lunch. That is the way. Play to your do second it. round somewhere. I did that. Um, do you? I don't know if you remember a few years, a bunch of years ago. Doran, me, Mike Duderich. Uh, yeah, that's him. Mike Duderich, and um, it was us three. Was that it? There might have been one other person, but they. We did a promotion with, what was that? It's no longer, I don't think, NetJets or something like that. Remember there was, they were trying to get that, like, almost like a, uh, pr- if it had a private airline feel, but it was a, a commercial airline out of Pittsburgh, and they were flying to Fort Lauderdale or something. So we got, we, we they, they sent us to PGA National, you know, where they have the Honda Classic. Oh, yeah. Where they have the, uh, what do they call it, the, the, uh, the bear trap, you know, the Honda Classic. So, we played, we were there three days, I think, two nights, three days, two nights. So, we played 18 the first day, 36 the second day. And they're like, well, we really only have time for 18 the third day because we're going to get you on a flight. 
to which I said, well, how about if I get out earlier? <laughs> so during the second day, actually uh, backed out of the second 18, him and uh, I think Mike went back and they went back to the pool and the resort and everything else. But I, so I played 18. So the day we flew out, I played 36 because I played, you know, like we say we had a tea time at 11. I was like, give me the early, you know what I'm saying? I did my thing where I whirled around and played by myself. So, That's what I did when I was in yeah. Florida a couple months and ago. There was like, Just play, played two rounds. There's like five courses there. Yeah. I, got, I got to play all of them. I mean, the Bear Trap course is obviously the one everyone wants to play because it's the champion's course. It's the course that they have the Honda Classic on. But there, there was two other courses that I liked even more than that course. But it's pretty cool to get to say, listen, yeah, that the, the I played the bear, you know, I played the bear trap. And man, um, it's addictive, isn't it? The whole thing is yeah, addictive. It is. So anyway, long story short, um, you'll have fun, but you should you should figure out if you can wiggle your way into like a, a round of eighteen in the morning before you go back to. I'm already thinking about it. Back to this draft, the latest one from CBS. As much as we may not like or like. Mock drafts. Do you like them, City Limits? I like them a lot. I like looking at them. I more like so, looking at them. Yeah, more so in the next like candy. That's like candy. I like it. This Jackson Powers Johnson is who I want them to take, Paul. That's who I want the Steelers to take. Usually when they have their best teams through their franchise history, there's a guy right in the middle who's great. This guy looks unreal. Fittipaldo saw him and watched him practice up close. 6'3", 320. Really good athlete kid from Oregon, but a lot of people have the Rams who need a center and pick 19th, taking him right in front of the Steelers. Would you jump ahead of them? Do you like this kid or the idea at least of a big time center? No, I would go and try and get the best free agent center. I would spend the money to go get the best free agent center because there's no, again, you don't, there's no guesswork there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that position as we found out this year, is way way too important. That position, we found out this year. We found out with the, uh, what was his name, Kendall Green exp- experiment. Was that his name? Kendrick, yeah. Kendrick Green or whatever his name, that that experiment. We found out that that position is way too important. Um, I w- that's a position I would address in free agency. Here's the problem. Mason Cole is listed as a top five free agent center. I don't know what the market is like. Right. I don't have scouting reports on some of these other guys, to be real honest with you. Like, I don't know, Cody Whitehair or somebody like that who's a guard. I don't know. So, to me, there's some uncertainty there as well. But I'd lo- they need that. They need the center of their offense and the center of the middle of their defense taken care of. I think people look at inside linebacker and they they underrate it like it's a forgotten position, like strong safety or something. I don't know. Some of the really good teams I see have great play at that position. It's like the epicenter of your defense. Yeah. What do you think they do to address that? What would you do? Inside linebacker? Yeah. You already got three. Yeah, but one of them has an injury. One of them's old, and but who's the third? They got hurt. I know. Kwan Alexander, Elandon Roberts, and, and – uh, uh... Cole Holcomb. Cole Holcomb. But two of those injuries seemed to be pretty severe, didn't they? I want a young guy. I want a guy to grow into the position and lead my defense. That's why they drafted Devin Bush. I could live with that, but what we found out last year is you could also go in free agency and get a guy that can plug that position. Yeah, I want more than a plug, though. I want to play, not just a plug. Okay, okay. I'm saying 
if I'm drafting, I'm drafting corner, receiver, tackle. This draft has um, a corner going to the Steelers. Those, Wig- Wiggins. Right. Corner, yep. receiver, tackle. The, the rest, uh, center, I'm going to address in free agency. Do you love any of the quarterbacks that might fall to them? Michael Penix? Okay, so let me go through the quarterbacks. We talked about that. Let me, go yeah, through yeah. The, let me go through the quarterbacks that we talk about, okay? Please. Caleb Williams. He gives me two of vibes. I'm just not a big fan of him. I just don't think he's going to – I think he's going to be a guy that – kind of like my man in Arizona that just – there's always something swirling around him. Everything, everything but football seems to be important. I, I just I, – I, if he's – listen, if he's a star, I'll be the first to say I was completely wrong about him. I just don't see it, okay? I don't see – All right. I told you yesterday, Drake May, I, I, I see maybe a guy who – maybe he's Kirk Cousins, maybe – I don't know that I see a superstar, but maybe, you know, maybe he becomes. That. I think he might be Ben Light. Okay. Maybe. We'll see. But I'm saying I don't know that I see an elite quarterback. I see a guy who could be a good quarterback. The kid from LSU intrigues me. Uh, I think he. Jaden Daniels. Jaden Daniels. I think he's the kind of guy who actually is going to be somebody who has a lot of upside. A lot of upside. I I got to see him play at that level though. So he, he's the third. He, he's exciting to be. He's too. exciting. I, I he's exciting. To the me. ceiling or the the what did they say? The ceiling is the roof. Is that what Jordan said? Yeah, yeah. Bo Nix and Michael Penix. I think we've had our fill of twenty-seven-year-old quarterbacks. The thing about Penix is, people penalizing him a lot for that Michigan game. And the other games I saw him, he's, yeah, but he's very, very accurate. But he had two, and he's tough as hell. Two major injuries. I know. That's the problem with him. And he's old. And Bo Nix is kind of old. Kenny Pickett was 30 when he got here. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, though. I mean, we, so, um, to me, I just, I'm not as high on the quarterback draft class as as some people are because I just feel like um, – it's just one of those things where every one of them, I kind of have a pretty good idea where they're going to be. Yeah. In terms of what they actually are. Well, I'm very, very curious about Drake May. Two years ago, he, he would have been the number one pick by a trillion miles. I don't know what happened. I know he lost his main target this year for a while, if not the whole season. And they just weren't very good. No. But, man, what I see there is six four, six five athlete who can make all the throws. So like, I haven't seen somebody like him. I've said this before, or like Ben in college, that, that reminds me of Ben as much as this dude. But I will acknowledge he took a step back last year. Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying, all these guys that everybody's so high on, I'm like, man, I would be buyer beware on just about every one of them. Can I give a shout-out to somebody here? You sure can. First of all, I'm looking at Jaden Daniels. He became the only player in FBS history with 12,000-plus career passing yards and 3,000 rushing yards. Did you know that? Yeah, well, that's why he won the Heisman. I'm reading all about him right now, which doesn't make for great radio, I acknowledge. Somebody, <laughs> somebody rated the, the best 80 quarterbacks in college football since the year 2000. Okay, let me try to find this. But according to what I was reading on Twitter or X or whatever the hell it's called, 
Pat White wasn't on this list. What what are we doing here? <laughs> that kid was unbelievable. Yeah. It's one of the greatest college quarterbacks I've ever, ever, ever seen. You remember, you remember when he him and Steve Slayton? I think they're still running down the sideline at Heinz Field in that game where they had six hundred and fifty yards against Pitt. Mason Rudolph's on this list. Brandon Whedon's yeah, and then Wani said we have to run faster yeah, at right. halftime. That was the next year. That was legendary. Yes, we have to run faster. I'm sorry, that was I think it was the first year we have to run run faster. Then the second year they they because the first year was at, at down there. No, I think those two in those two games. Yes. Passing and rushing combined for over a thousand yards oh, against, Pitt, against Pitt. Easy. And then the next year was the 13 to 9 game down there. So that game I'm talking about was 2006. So 2005 was the first time they played and they ran all over uh, Pitt. And they asked Wani at halftime and he said, We have to run faster. Which, <laughs> that was great. Which, by, by the way, can I just tell you, made for an incredibly, this was, this was very you like. Uh, the lead that I wrote um, on my follow story off of 13 to 9. Yes. The, the lead was two years ago, Dave Wanstead said, we've got to run faster. <laughs> Took two, or I said, no, yeah, Dave Wanstead, the first time Dave Wanstead faced Pat White and Steve Slayton, he said, our, our, we've got to run faster. Took two years, but they finally ran faster. Man, they ran him down in, in 13 9. I always tell I'll say that this. much. You know who the hero of that game was? I mean, Scott McKillop was unbelievable. I mean, game. Shady was and ridiculous. Shady was ridiculous. Scott McKillop had a great game. I said McKillop was unbelievable. Shady was unbelievable. But, you know, if you remember, one of the things they did was they took that kid, Jamil Brady. I don't know if anyone will ever remember him. But yeah, yeah, should. yeah. He was like a safety kind of player, and they inserted him as like a fifth linebacker, a fourth or fifth linebacker. And that kid made plays sideline to sideline. He was fast. He actually was – I mean, Scott McKillop was in a different planet that game. Well, he stopped Slayton on that fourth and right, one right. or two, whatever it was. Yeah, but my point is, in that game, I laugh. But, yeah, run faster. How is Pat White not on that list of the top 80 quarterbacks of what? The last what? Uh, of the 2000, since the year 2000. Do, do you have an ESPN Plus subscription? No. Do you, City Limits? I think so, yeah. You don't know? Well, it ain't mine, but it's, I have, my family uh, well does. Then, okay, steal it from somebody. Okay. Can you get this list for me? Because I don't want to be repeating information that's not true. I usually don't get too fired up over these types of things, but if if this guy from ESPN put together a list of 80 quarterbacks, college careers only, since 2000, I'm going to sue him if he doesn't have Pat White on this list. 80 of them? Bill Connolly is his name. And we're going to call him and get him on the show. And we're going to grill him. Like what, Paul? Who? Do you have a grill at yeah. home? Do you use it? Do you proud of a, you're a proud griller? I like to grill. I don't know what kind it is. I have a bunch. I've, I've had a bunch over the, the court of time. You know, a bunch over time. So. Um, you cook hamburgers on there? Well I, done? I, everything. I don't like well done, but everything. Fish can be tricky, can't it? Yeah, um, I don't I don't do fish though. So neither do I. It drips. So here was what I was gonna get at. They have David Green. I don't even know who David Green is. He played for Georgia. He's number seventy three. Yeah, and, you remember and, him? And, and, and no, was, I don't remember yeah, him. I mean, he was a lefty, I think. They won basically with him. That was the big thing. They won with him. 
This is insane. Pat White's in the top 10. Forget about the top 80. He's in the top 10 quarterbacks of the 2000s. Nene, let me know when you have that list. What were you going to say, Paul? So, what I was going to say was, you know, we're, we're, we're talking about quarterbacks. Would you, would it interest you? Yes. If they drafted, say, in the fourth round, they got somebody like Jordan Travis from Florida State. Mm. Yes. Guy with upside. Yeah, that would interest he's coming me. Coming off an injury, but he's, you know, he's six foot one, six foot two. He's got a really good arm. He throws it. He's smart. He's another older quarterback, but you're using a fourth rounder on him instead of a first rounder. That would interest me very much. Something like that. I'm, I'm, I was trying to figure out, like, looking at the list of guys that might be there in that third, fourth round. I mean, Spencer Rattler, I have no interest in that. Uh, the kid from Florida State interests me. Yeah, I'm just saying, I, 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 he's a guy that, you know, they have him ranked as like the 10th best quarterback in the in the in the. In the and bring him in as your third guy and developer, right, right? Right. You have him as your third guy. You bring in, you know, one of the nameless, faceless guys that we've been talking about ad nauseum for three months. Sign and, me up for that. And 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 you have that. What do you think about that? I love it, Joe. I got it pulled up. Do you? Let's get to that later in the show because we're going to read all 80 of these quarterbacks. Pat White is on the list. He is. Where? Number 30. Oh, then I apologize to everybody in question He's there. He's 30? He's 30. Yep. Is, I apologize hey, is, to the is, right. This was, again, social media misleading me. Is Tyler Palco on the list? Don't tell us. Don't tell us. That'll be a radio tease. Kenny Pickett's on the list. Where's he? You ruined the radio tease. You ruined the radio tease. say where he is. How about Rod Rutherford? Is he on the list? Don't tell us. You'll Don't ruin the radio us. tease. Radio tease. Yeah. Let's go back to that list. And I apologize to whoever wrote it because I was misled by social media. First of all, Pat White should be higher than 30. But we're going to get to another guy here. Paul Skeens. Where does this story go from here? He pitches today. It's a spring training debut. No big deal in one sense, except that every... Buddy in Pittsburgh is going to have their eye on his progress. And if he's wiping people out in spring training, there's going to be an uproar if he doesn't come north with the team. Let's talk about our our, our, our thoughts about all of that. Fan Twitter brought to you by South Hills Kia, Peters Township. Visit him at southhillskia.net. Fan text line brought to you by Edgar Snyder and Associates Personal Injury Law Firm, where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you and the hotline presented by Sullivan Super Service, Pittsburgh's trusted plumbing and HVAC provider for over 50 years. John Parado from Bradenton or wherever the Pirates are today. Is this a road game? Yes, in Baltimore. In Baltimore. Wait. Not like in Baltimore. I know. Baltimore's no, no, no. But where does Baltimore site. play? Near Ron Cook? I think so. Are they in Fort Myers? I can't remember where they are. Maybe Ron will be at the game. Maybe we should call Ron. Let's give away four tickets to the 2024 Pittsburgh Home and Garden Show at the David L. Lawrence Convention Center, March 8th through the 17th. Uh, Your friend, City Limits, will be taking your calls. Let's go with caller number three gets those four tickets. Four of the the past five number one overall draft picks in Major League Baseball will be playing in the game today between the Pirates and Baltimore Orioles. Paul Skeens on the mound for the Buckos. He will face off against Jackson Holiday. Adley Rutschman will catch for Baltimore. 
He was one of the top picks a couple of years ago. And Henry Davis of the Buckos, 2021 first overall pick, will catch Skeens last year's number one choice. Headlines are proud by Bowser and Genesis in Monroeville. Now open for more, go to 937thefan.com. In some ways, it all begins today. Paul Skeens with the big league club or a quasi-big league club today. I don't know who exactly is in the lineup, that type of thing. But, Paul, this feels big for a spring training game because Skeens is going to have a limited number of starts, obviously. And if he's incredible, like if he's just blowing people away, everyone's going to want him to start with the Pirates. Should he if he's great in spring training? I don't think he will. Um, should he? Yes. But he won't. <laughs> we know that. In, fa- in fact, I had this discussion. You know, uh, do you do, you do a, a weekly uh, YouTube uh, for the Post-Gazette? No. Uh, well, we, we have the YouTube channel. Anyway, I, did, I do it every week. And I was with uh, Adam Bittner yesterday. And he asked the same exact thing. The thing about the, pi- the best case scenario for the Pirates to me is that Ronzi Contreras becomes a good pitcher again. And he's your fifth starter, right? And the other four are all pretty good. So there's no pressure to bring Skeens up until June or July when they want to. The worst case scenario is, uh, what's his name, Marco Gonzalez is cooked. Right. You know what I mean? And uh, Same with Luis, Perez. Luis Ortiz, I think he's going to be okay, but... Whatever. And then uh, Contreras doesn't get it done, and then you got to go to a guy like Priester, who I'm just not really sold on. So now all of a sudden you're three weeks into the season, and people are going to start, especially if Skeens is at, you know, up in Altoona racking guys up. You know what I mean? It's going to be like, well, this guy needs to be here. So to me, this is a year they have, they, they have to have pressure on them to win. You know, the, the, the rebuild thing is over now, okay? I'm not saying you're going to go win the World Series. I don't even know if you necessarily have to make the playoffs. But you better be in September playing meaningful games with this group. And so and, and so my point is, Joe, they need to bring – what I think they have, what, 27 men roster now? I think they have a couple of extra pitchers or something. They, whatever it is, 26, 27, whatever it is, the best 26 or 27 in the organization need to come up. If it were me – and Skeen shows that he can handle himself. I might start him out like they did with David Price. In the bullpen. Start him in the bullpen. Get him used to pitching against Major League, and then you start building him up. And then at the trade deadline, if Perez or Marco Gonzalez or whatever his name is, if one of those guys is reasonably good, you know, you trade him and you put Skeens into your rotation for the second half of the season. That's the kind of thing that I could go, I could, I could be okay with. But it's really going to come down to, does the pitching staff, one through five, give them an opportunity every night to win? Because if they don't, people are going to go crazy for Skeens, especially, like I said, if he's in Altoona, you know, striking guys out. Well, they're going to be ticked if this guy is great in spring training starting today. He doesn't come north in the first place. Because nobody cares about 2032 if they have the extra (laughs) year of control. You know what I mean? 
you're, they you're care about now. When it, is now? Now is now. That's what I said. This year has to be a year where it's all about winning now. And here's the other thing, Joe. This is what makes this Skeens thing a little different, okay? Usually in baseball with the draft, most of these guys, let's face it, like how, how many games or how many times did you see Nick Gonzalez play before they drafted him? I don't know that I watched a single game. Where, 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 where is he from, New Mexico or whatever? A lot of times, the guy that's drafted, you might have seen highlights of. You might have seen a little, right? But we watched Paul Skeens all last year in the SEC tournament, in the NCAA tournament, in the College World Series. I saw the guy pitch probably, what, eight times, nine times? So it's almost like it's got that feel of like an NFL draft. Where this is a guy that we've watched play. We know he's old enough. He's got incredible stuff. He throws at 103. Okay, why is he not just like, you know, okay, we just drafted this dynamic running back. Why is he not the starting running back? Or well, we just drafted this dynamic quarterback. He should be the guy, right? That's the feel that you have, which you almost never have in baseball. That's the pressure the Pirates have is that all of us, and not just us here, I'm talking about fans, people that follow baseball, we all watch this Paul Skeens. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, we're all familiar with him. And so his name is familiar. He's got sort of, I mean, let's face it, he's got sort of a legendary thing going on with, who does he date? He dates somebody. Some Olivia Dunn. Dunn. Yeah, you Olivia know what I mean? Olivia Dunn, is that yeah, her name? He's got, he's got that larger-than-life persona because he, you know, he, he's got superhuman. That was only after she broke up with City Limits, by right, the way. Right, but I'm, right. Uh, yeah, but what I'm saying is he's got that larger-than-life persona because he throws it 103, he's a power arm. All the stuff, that's why there's going to be enormous pressure on the Pirates to get this guy up here. If he starts out good, if he if he's in spring training, he's good. He's good in Altoona. And if the Pirates don't figure out spots four and five, really, in their rotation, I mean, I guess Ortiz is going to be four, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. If you look at it, they if their rotation starts out bad, this – you. We're gonna take well, you if you and I are doing this in like two months. We'll be sitting there. Well, hey, it's the uh, whatever you know, Joe Joe show. Uh, we'll give out the numbers. What do you think of the Pirates? We'll have people call for four hours screaming about how they're not bringing up Paul Skeens. Jim Bowden in the Athletic a couple well, it's probably a month ago now um, wrote that he thinks he'll be up as soon as September. He's saying he hears the the Pirates are gonna take it slow. With Skeens, and he's well, like, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him as early as September. As early? No. Let's get this guy going. He's the next Strasburg, right? He's the best prospect since Strasburg, and Strasburg was up by May or June, and so was Garrett Cole. Best in over a decade. Well, I'll say this. People need to, 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 to temper some, this from this standpoint. There's no question he's going to be on a pitch, on, a, on an innings count. So, so... In my mind, which is why you know I'm I'm okay if they wait you know a couple of months. To but aren't him. you wasting innings in Indy or Altoona or wherever it's going to be? You're I wasting going, innings think, if he's on an inning. I count. think he's going to be on an innings count. Period. Now let's see if he can. If he struggles, then we're having a whole different right, conversation. Absolutely. Here. But my point is, I, what I think people need to understand is there's going to be a, a, a definitive, you know, sort of pitch count, innings count with this guy. They're not going to. They're not going to throw. You know what I mean? Like yeah. okay. I mean, there's some people that think, okay, he dominates spring training. They put him up there, and he's going to put up 200 innings. That ain't happening, you know. So I, that's why I don't mind if 
it takes two months or three months or whatever in June and July. They bring them up, especially if the if the current pitching staff can maintain and keep them in the in the playoff race. Then you bring them up. Then you know what we 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 you can avoid if you do that. This nonsense where it's September fifth, and he's got you know a one hitter going in a, in a big game, and the Pirates are winning two nothing, and they have to take him out because of innings. You know you can avoid that. I'd much rather him be able to hey. We're going we're gonna to let him pitch. Now that he's here, we feel like we've protected his arm enough for this season. You know, and, and I mean, Altoona, he'll pitch two innings, three innings. You know, he's not going to pitch long into games, and, you know, and they're going to they're gonna do everything in their power to do that. I get all that. So my thing is, though, boy, Joe, if he's good and the pitching staff struggles because of all the things that we've just talked about, there will be mutiny. Yeah, now imagine he's great. In spring training, Hank Davis hits the cover off the ball but struggles catching and they both go down, the two number one overall picks. What they need, what they need is for this guy to become a legit ace. Like, I don't buy that Mitch Keller is an ace. He's a number one starter. He is. He had 200 strikeouts. But the Pirates haven't had a real ace since Garrett Cole. And that was really only for one year. We all know what an ace looks like. It looks like uh, nineteen and eight with a two six ERA and two hundred strikeouts. Yeah. Keller did the two hundred strikeout part. Garrett Cole was an ace that year. I, That's what they need right, this guy. I would to be. say. I would say. I would say that um, it, Mitch Keller is probably a two. Low one. You yeah. know. You know. He's, and and, and that's like okay. That. I mean, here's the thing: if you have a couple of guys that are good and and can eat innings, that's good. But you you would love to have. I mean, AJ Burnett was an ace, his year. You know, I, I mean, he he was the guy that would you know, really. I don't know what his numbers were, but he was a yeah. guy that came in and really changed that that team. He did completely in more ways than one. I mean, you know, uh, they need they and, need and that, an and, ace, and, an, a year in year out guy. Right, and that was what was so wrong about the Chris Archer trade. It's not what the Pirates gave up. It's that. People around baseball, Chris Archer, his reputation was as sort of a goofball that really wasn't in love with the process of becoming a great pitcher. That all the makings of a great pitcher that was the kind of guy that gets a coach fired. You know? And and, and you, I'm sure you've heard that expression before. The kind of guy who everybody looks at and says, man, I can turn that guy into something special. Man, I can turn that guy into something special. But that's not the kind of guy you give up what the Pirates gave up for him. That was the problem. I, I didn't have a – you know what I mean? We we want them to every so often if they have to give up some prospects or give up some good players. You're, if you're going to get a good player, you've got to give up good players. Yeah. I didn't have a problem with what they gave up. I, I had a problem with who they gave it up for. And that's not hindsight, by the way, Joe. I, I talked a lot about that when that happened because people around baseball said this guy – nobody around baseball thinks this guy is serious about being a great player. Well, hopefully – Mitch Keller has another step in him because I still think he could be that guy for a stretch and a pretty long stretch last year. He was that guy, like a like a legit ace. His problem was the blow up start. He had games last year, eight earn. He allowed eight earned runs in three different starts. Just take away those, and his ERA drops into like the mid threes. Like those were three disaster blow up starts, and two others where he allowed six earned runs. So that's 8, 16, 24, 30, 36 runs 
in five starts. You can't have everybody blows up once in a while. You can't have that many disastrous starts. And that's what really kept him from being a legit like guy, like like mid to high number one. I still think that might be in him, though, Paul. I really do. Well, what is I he? Do, he's still only 27. He's young. I, I agree that he's got some really good things that he can. You know, I, I think he does. When he obviously, when he's controlling, you can say this about every pitcher, but when he's controlling his pitches, he's really good. His problem is when he starts to, he had a little bit of a Charlie Morton like thing in him where when he started to lose control a little bit, he melted down. And that's where it was always a problem. You know what I mean? He, he had a hard time getting away from the disaster inning. And that, that you know, if he can if he can get better at cleaning up those innings, where okay now he you know and and it can be as simple as Joe. I mean I, I watched the game last year. It can be as simple as he threw a couple pitches on the edge that he didn't get the call on, and you could see it bothered him. And and then the next thing you know, he walks two guys and gives up a you know seeing eye single or something, and all of a sudden now it's a, a two or three run inning, and you're like, well that that's not how it's. You have to be able to fight through that. But so hopefully, again, another year. Now now he's obviously got a contract in hand. You know, maybe maybe those blow-up innings don't happen, and, and he puts up big numbers and can be that guy. Well, we're going to be riveted to Skeens today for sure with, with every pitch. I'm going to be following it right here on, on this computer sitting right in front of me. It just it feels big, doesn't it? For some reason, it, it just I – mean, well, it, for obvious reasons, it just feels like, like – Maybe the first step in what could be an incredible career, but it's also it's also something that if he's great today, then, yeah. then the voices get a little louder. He's great in start number two, louder, louder, louder. People are going to be ticked if this guy blows the competition away and he's not in Pittsburgh to start the year. And I think rightfully. Well, I think that if he's great today – Forget about it. it's going to get a little louder. <laughs> it's going to be full-on amplified where people are going to lose their minds. I mean, here's the thing. What do you think he's going to throw today? Two innings? Two, maybe three innings at the most. Yeah. Let's say he throws three innings. It's probably going to be two, but let's say he throws three innings and strikes out seven. <laughs> like, people will lose their minds. They're going to be like, "What? Well, he's the best pitcher. They- he might be the best pitcher they've ever, they've ever, they've ever had. But again... I would tell people, temper it a little bit because he's going to be on a pitch count and an inning count all year long. So th- that's going to dictate a lot of their decision-making. You don't have to like it. It's just sort of – it's kind of the way baseball is now, you know, with especially with a, with a, with a pitcher that's a power-arm pitcher like that. They're going to be cautious with him. Jackson Holiday for the Orioles, a number, another number one overall pick in this game. Baseball America just tweeted out, it's happening. Jackson Holiday versus Paul Skeen's number one pick versus number one pick. Here's the lineup today. O'Neill Cruz leading off. Sawinski, Hayes, Rowdy Tellez, Hank Davis, Olivares in right field, Pagaro as your DH, and Kanan Smith in Jigba at, uh, where's he playing? Left field and Nick Gonzalez at second. So obviously no Reynolds. Do you like Cruz? But but you might see the shell of what their opening day lineup is there. Do you like Cruz as your leadoff guy to open the season? I do. It's the way that people. It's the way baseball is being played nowadays. 
where you want your best hitter to be, you know, first or second, so they get the maximum amount of at-bats. Um, even though the first time up, they're probably going to get up with nobody on base. I personally would like to see him hit th- third. Who do you want leading off? Okay, so let's – I mean, let's go through who, who's going to be in the lineup. To, not to, not today, but who's typically going to be in the lineup? Well, Cruz, Hayes, I would have, Sawinski, Reynolds, Tellez. I think I would have Reynolds bad second. I'm thinking, who told us last week that Triolo's – Mackey. He thinks Triolo's going to be their second baseman a lot. First of all, this. Hank Davis better be in your top five hitters, and he better be good. He, I would bat him fifth. I might bat Sawinski fourth, actually. He strikes out too much for me still. I mean, the one thing I don't want is him batting behind Cruz. Why would you bat Sawinski well, second? No, actually, no. I'm sorry. I would bat I would bat Sawinski sixth. Yeah, I'm with you there. Yeah, I would bat him sixth. And I would bat, I forgot about Cabrian Hayes. Mm-hmm. He might lead off with Cabrian Hayes. I wouldn't be opposed to that. I just you like go, Cruz. I like Cruz. Yeah. I would go Hayes, Reynolds, Cruz. Yeah. Because. Theoretically, you're probably going to get almost as – I mean, you're talking about maybe, what, eight to ten at-bats for the entire season, batting third versus batting second. I mean, can't – But batting first on a given day, you might get that extra at-bat. I get it. I want as many for Cruz as possible. Okay, well, then Plus you want him – Plus, he steals ba- bases. Then you want him batting first. Yeah. I'm saying I want him – And then him, Hayes. I want him hitting home runs with guys on base. Well, hopefully, the bottom of your order will give you some some punch this year. Right, but I understand. I understand what you're saying. I'm saying it, I would be willing to bet if you took it. I, I, we'll look it up in the in the in the, in, in between here. I'd be willing to bet the difference between the first hitter and the third hitter over 162 games. I mean, how many at bats can that be? I don't know. Let's ask John Parado. I mean, up we'll, we'll next, figure that we? out. Yeah, but I'm just. I don't saying. want Sawinski high in my lineup. I would have. I don't. I'd he have strikes him, out too much. I would have him sixth though, because at the end of the day, if if you have him sixth. And you have Davis fifth, right? Or, yeah, Davis fourth. So who do you have batting fourth? Here's the other thing. I'd love to see Cruz come up with and hit homers with people on base. This team has to get leads. It has to have it, some big first where do, innings. Where do you bet? Where do you bet? Andrew? They're built around a bullpen. Where do you They're starters. Bat McCutcheon? Ninth? Eighth? Mm-hmm. Ninth? Seven, eight, or nine. Right. Although he does have a high. He, one thing he does is deliver a professional at bat. Right. So my thing is, if you want to go with your crews at batting first, you want someone like McCutcheon at the end of the order. Is what I'm saying. I like that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If you're going to do that, so to me, okay, let's say they're facing a righty. Yeah, that makes it a little easier. Now you have Telez in your lineup. Where's he at? To so your cleanup. My lineup is Cruz batting first, Hayes batting second. Reynolds batting third. I really hope Hank Davis batting fourth. Hmm. Maybe Tellez, I guess, yeah, hopefully he rebounds. Maybe him fifth. Sawinski sixth. And, and, and then and then Triolo, McCutcheon, and who am I missing? Who am I and then whoever's playing whoever's playing right field, which is a problem right now. Although I like Palacios. I do. Yes. There's something about that guy. Yeah, Palacios. So let's say let's put him in. If Telez, if you get twenty twenty two Telez, thirty five home runs. Yeah, I'll take right? twenty seven. But yeah, three oh six. I'll take two ninety four. But yeah, two ninety. Wait, what are we talking about? I don't know. Go ahead. <laughs> he he hit two nineteen, but 
you know, 306 on base. Oh, okay. You know 306 I mean? on base? Yeah. For Telez. Yeah. For Telez, though. But that's bad. It's not great, but it's Telez. It's what he does. I know. That's why I want him so, a little bit lower. So, okay. So then you've got here's the problem you have against righties. You've got him and Sawinski in your lineup. So, how do you split those two guys up? Sawinski higher. You, see, that's what I'm saying. You probably, against righties, wouldn't you have Sawinski batting fourth? Against righties. Yeah. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I'm you know okay I mean? with that. I would have him batting fourth. I'd have Cruz batting third. Probably Hayes batting first. Reynolds batting second. And then you have Sawinski, and you've got to break him up. So you have him batting fourth, right? Davis would bat fifth. Then you'd have Telez batting seventh, followed by, you know, Palacios and McCutcheon. And then you've got two guys at the bottom of the lineup that might be able to get on base for your top of your lineup. One more bat. Come on. One more bat is what they need. Okay, so uh, what? Unless – right field should be a major offensive position. Uh, Palacios is intriguing to me, but they, they, they needed or need one more bat. One more bat and one more starter. Let's talk to Johnny Parado about this. We got to run. Uh, fan weather brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. Check out special financing for qualified buyers. A new Silverado 1500 trucks, high of 63 today. Rain throughout the day, a low of 27. Uh, fan hotline presented by Sullivan Super Service, Pittsburgh's trusted plumbing and HVAC provider for over 50 years. John Parado is with the Pirates, I'm presuming here, in or assuming, in Florida. So we can ask him all of these questions. I am really curious about so many different topics with the Pirates. But number one on the list is Paul Skeens on the mound today. We're going to get back to those top 80 college quarterbacks of the 2000s. I'm told Kenny Pickett is on that list. We'll do all of that. 50-minute mark on the fan brought to you by South Hills Chrysler Jeep Dodge Route 19 in Peters Township. Celebrating 50 years in the South Hills. Paul, do you have a message for the people out there? I think you might. We're also going to get to, um, what was the other thing I wanted to get to? The Oh, the college football playoff expanding to 14 teams. What's next here? We're going to have an NCAA basketball tournament with football teams? Put the yeah. entire top let's 25 just, Let's in. just do 64. Let's take the eighth place team from the Big Ten the and get them part, in there. The worst let's part, get Indiana into the football playoff. The worst part about it is when you look at it like that, the difference between 1 and 16, like if you were going to do a 16-team bracket, who wants to see 16 play 1? And that, that, you know what I mean? That's so much different than um, in basketball where, where they, you know, theoretically, actually it would be like the 16 Yeah, one. I mean, if you had Texas A&M Commerce as one of your, as one of your low seeds, but what you're, what you're going to wind up with is some mediocre team from the Big Ten. Feels like a pretty big day. It really does. I mean, I don't want to overdo it, but, you know, if it was, if the Steelers had the number one pick in the draft and took a quarterback, let's say they had Caleb Williams and tonight was his first exhibition game. Think of Pickett's first exhibition game. Remember when he came in late and had that great finish? I mean, this is a big deal today. And John Parado is on the Sullivan Super Service fan hotline, providing trusted plumbing and HVAC service for over 50 years. Johnny, I'm assuming that you're in Florida and covering the game today, but then again, you could be in Beaver County. Where are you? 
I'm in Beaver County, unfortunately. I was there the first week, and then I'm going back for the last week. I I don't control the budget, unfortunately, but I would like to be there. Well, Certainly, it'd be fun to see Paul Skeen's first time in a Pirates uniform. City limits would have paid for you to stay, but I'm glad you're <laughs> going back. Tell us, I mean, what's that? What do you expect to see here today? What was it like seeing this guy up close in spring training? How significant is this? Just, just your feelings on the whole Skeen's experience today and moving forward. Well. Uh, the first thing you can't help but notice, he's a very large human being. He's a very big man. But he uh, – I, I like him. The times I talk to him, uh, he's, he's a personable sort. He's intelligent. He's, he's got a pretty good sense of humor, it seems like. And my one concern was, you know, he's, he's in the celebrity relationship with Libby Dunn, the uh, Instagram sensation and the gymnast at LSU. And we I, mentioned that uh, earlier, and, and uh, that was after she broke up with City Limits, but go ahead. That's correct. <laughs> well, anyway, I, I, so I had a little bit of trepidation that maybe this guy would be think he was big time, but he's really not. He's very humble and very friendly, and, uh, and I, I just think uh, I had a real good vibe being around him for a week and, and having a chance to uh, talk to him uh, one-on-one a couple of times during that period, too. I, I just had a really good feeling that this guy uh, really gets it. He's a sharp guy, and he seems to me that he wants to live up to the hype very much. If you think about it, John, uh, John when you look at – his ability to throw, his arm, uh, he's a power pitcher, all that other stuff. Everybody, you know, won't, is clamoring for him to be here. Won't he be on, like, an innings and pitch count for basically this year? Isn't it going to be one of these things where they're going to treat his arm like it's, you know, it's fragile and they're not going to let him uh, pitch a ton uh, anyway? No, yeah, I, w- I would agree, Paul. He, he pitched 130 innings in college last year, or 122, I should say, 130 total between college and, and pro ball. So I doubt if they would extend him too much, maybe to 150, 160 innings this year. So he won't be totally under wraps, but uh, they also won't push him or overwork him too. They will, will certainly want to monitor his workload because, you know, the college season – you know, he played against very good competition in college, obviously, in the SEC and went to the College World Series and won it. But it's a whole different animal when you go to spring training the beginning of February and the season runs through the end of September. And uh, it's you have to pace yourself differently, and you've got to watch those guys' innings limits a little more because they're not used to pitching competitively for, you know, nearly eight months. John Parado on the Sullivan Super Service Fan Hotline. So I was reading Jim Bowden, I think, in The Athletic, and he said he said that he hears the Pirates are going to take it slowly with Skeens, but he said, I wouldn't be surprised to see him as early as September. Johnny, that feels late, not early. What are you hearing? When do you think we'll see him? It feels late to me too, Joe. I, I mean, this guy – is considered the best college pitching prospect since Steven Strasburg. And now, you know, so that's over 10 years since Strasburg, almost 15 since he came out of San Diego State. I mean, this guy's an advanced pitcher. He's got a, you know, a good pitch mix. He's very mature. He's succeeded greatly at the highest level of college baseball. I don't see him being in the minor leagues until September. I could see maybe all-star break at the latest. 
And I would think before that, I think probably as they are want to do, they'll probably keep him down long enough that he can't get to arbitration eligibility until a year later than he should. But I would think I'd be surprised if he's not here by June. And like I said, I, I think the latest would be the all-star break in the middle of July. Is it obvious that if he's sent down, it'll be to triple A and not double A or, or could he go start at double A? They're playing it close to the vest. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes to double A, but maybe just for a few starts to kind of, you know, get his feet on the ground. Because last year when he was in pro ball, he only pitched one inning at a time. So it's going to be a little bit different for him this year. He's actually going to be like a regular starting pitcher. So I would I would say probably Altoona, for, but not for very long. And, and then he'll go to Indianapolis and, and then eventually to Pittsburgh at some point this year. John, do you think that they have a ch- any chance at all if the starters that they have, and of course I think they've got three that they probably can rely on and they've got to find a couple more, but say the starting rotation is reasonably good uh, or good enough to give them opportunities to win and, and stay in the hunt, is there any chance they could, uh, because of what we talked about before, innings count and everything else, do what they've you know do what uh, they did with Tampa uh, with uh, David Price, and and bring them out of the bullpen first? You know that's a possibility, Paul. It's something they haven't really uh, you know said publicly, but but it is something to think about because, like you said, the you know Price started in the minor leagues, and when they did bring him to the minors, uh, you know that was a, a good way to. to keep his pitch count down and if you recall uh, that was 2008 and Price got some very big outs in the regular season and playoffs and helped Tampa Bay get to the World Series that year so yeah I think you can compare schemes to Price in that regard and and think that you know he could uh, that could be one uh, good way to indoctrinate him into the big league balls uh, throwing him out of the bullpen it used to be long 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 time ago pretty much how all major league pitchers started off. They started in the bullpen and then moved into a starting role. You kind of eased them into the big leagues instead of throwing them completely into the fire. Talking to John Parado here, has been covering the Pirates and doing it as well as anybody for a long time. Uh, Who Needs a Restart, presented by locally owned Restart IT Services. Expect more from your IT company. Go to callrestart.com. And it's 12.15 right now. Time to stop blindly paying those increasing auto and home insurance premiums. Contact the Buell Insurance Agency in Gibsonia and see what they can do for you. Johnny, I have some very exciting news for you. You ready for this? Yes. You've been named the Pirates' new manager, and you don't, <laughs> and you don't have to listen wow. to, to any of the analytics people. So it's time to make your opening day lineup. You're going against uh, a righty, Jesus Lazardo. Let's just say this lefty. This lefty oh, okay. op- open the season. Okay. Ooh, opening day. Tough on me here. Opening ooh, day, ooh, Johnny. Ooh, ooh. What's your batting order in your lineup? Let's okay. go. Okay. Wow. First off, if they make me manager, they're in even worse shape than I thought. <laughs> but anyway, I'd I'd go with Key Brian Hayes lead off. I I know a lot of people say O'Neill Cruz, but I I thought I thought Hayes did a really good job at lead off and seemed real comfortable last year. Then I think I would go with uh, I know this is a little different than they will, but I think I'd go with Brian Reynolds second. I, I just think he's their overall best hitter, and I would go with him second. And uh, you know it's interesting here. Uh, you could go a lot of different ways after that. I, I think I would go O'Neill Cruz third because of his raw power and the fact that he can steal some bases. 
then I'd probably go with Jackson Winsky fourth. You know, I, I know people are down because uh, on his batting average, but he did pop 24, 25 home runs somewhere in that range last year. So he has the power and he can drive in runs. And, you know, after that, uh, it's a little dicey. I guess Rowdy Telez, I would bat fifth at first base, though maybe not against the left-hander. I might play Connor Joe, actually, against a lefty to start the season. Uh, then I would, uh, who I really like is Edward Oliveros. Uh, he had a really good finish with the Royals last year. The Pirates got him in a, in a minor trade over the winter. And he's been impressive down the, in Florida here in the early going. And I got a chance to see him. And granted, it was only batting practice when, when I saw him. But, but he's certainly the ball jumps off his bat. And, and there's a chance maybe the Pirates have found something with him there. And uh, then I would go seven. I would go with uh, Hank Davis. Hank, uh, no, Hank, Hank's going to Indianapolis in my estimation. Let me move McCutcheon up to four and then drop the other guys down. I totally forgot about Andrew McCutcheon, our most visible player, such as how much, how good of a manager I would be. And then eight and nine, I would go with Yasmani Grandal eight and Leover Pagero nine. And that would be my starting lineup. We had Mackey on the other day. He thinks that Triolo is going to win the second base job. Do you agree with that? I think it's possible. I know they like him, and you know he played pretty darn well when he got called up last year uh, from Indy. I mean, he, you know, they were they were kind of by by the time he came up, the Steelers were in camp, so a lot of people weren't paying attention to the Pirates as much then. But I was impressed. They played him all over the field, and he, he he's a good defender. You could tell. And the thing I liked about him is he he gets on base. He he has a good on base percentage. He's uh He's willing to take a walk. He's willing to work the count. And you don't see that in guys that young as being as good as he is at plate patience. So, I, I mean, I'm not ready to say he's going to win it. I still think in my mind, Leover Pagaro is still the favorite to win it. But I certainly wouldn't rule Triolo out either because he uh, made a very favorable impression last year. Well, I think the big thing there is <laughs> – you think Henry Davis is starting in Indianapolis? Yeah, and here's why, Paul. This is why I think this. Okay, it, they, it's pretty clear, regardless if they won't come right out and say it, that Yosemite Grandal is going to be their primary catcher this year. So you have either Henry Davis or Jason DeLay or Ali Sanchez, who they signed over the winter to uh, as a free agent. One of those three would be the backup catcher. I, I find that if you're going to develop Henry Davis and hope that he can be a regular, I don't think – I mean, they already tried to develop him by playing him in right field last year, which I'll never figure out. I think you have to play him more than twice a week. And to do that, you have to send him to Indianapolis because if you're going to play Grandal four or five days a week, that doesn't leave many at-bats for Davis. So that's why I think he's going to Indianapolis where he can be a regular catcher and – and really keep continue to work on his defense. Wow. Man, man, I'd love to be working the ticket phones the day they send down Hank and Paul Skeens <laughs> and Skeens both to Indy. I guess the Indy ticket phones I'd like to be working. Right. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> In fact, I think I would probably rather drive to Indy uh, with those two guys are down there, right? 
Absolutely. Yes. It'd be fun. Hopefully. We'll go in May and we could catch the 500. Yeah. That, that's a great point. I mean, seriously, if you had a choice to go watch opening day with Skeens pitching to Hank Davis in Indy, <laughs> you go there, right? And, 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 and hell, throw the, the young kid that hit the home runs the other day. Put him on that, on that, on that team, too. Yeah. I mean, uh, Johnson. maybe they'll make it easy on – you know what, John? Maybe they'll make it easy on guys like you and they'll send both of those guys to Altoona. So you only got an hour and a half or a two-hour yeah, drive to go see yeah. them. <laughs> exactly. It's a little bit more convenient on the travel side to go to Altoona. But, uh, yeah, it will be interesting to see how these uh, rosters shake out with the minor league teams as well. I know everybody in justifiably so, you know, focuses on who's going to make the big league team. But they have some decisions to make, too, on their minor league guys, uh, whether they're going to start them off in Indy or Altoona. Now, did you say you would put McCutcheon at cleanup? Because is that what you said? Yeah. Here's the thing, Johnny, in my not-so-humble and ill-informed opinion, is if you still have McCutcheon batting cleanup, then you haven't arrived yet, I don't think. Yeah. They need one more power hitter, and – I mean, they have whether that develops a fin with Hank Davis or, or what. But I mean, right now, that means that there are two glaring needs: is they need one more reliable big league starting pitcher, and they need somebody—not necessarily a guy that's going to hit 30 or 40 home runs, but somebody you could reasonably expect to hit 20 home runs. And they, they need one more of those kind of guys in the lineup, and and they don't—they're a little short in that department. Yeah, well, against righties, I mean, obviously you're bringing in Telez. That, yeah. that helps a little bit. And, you know, I mean, again, we saw a little bit of more power from Cabrian Hayes down the stretch last year, so maybe, you know, he continues to do that. I think there are some areas where they could get some home runs, but to have to piece them and string them together every single night, yeah. that, that's why it's so important that O'Neill Cruz plays, stays healthy, and becomes that 30, 35 home run guy. But it would be big for them, no doubt, because, you know, the, to, to add his home, if he, if he could hit 30, and I think certainly, I don't think that's unrealistic to think he could hit 30 just by accident because of his power, that would be quite a boost to the Pirates. And I think, and, and I'm in this boat too, I, I think everyone kind of underestimated how much they missed O'Neill Cruz last year, mainly because he, you know, he got hurt in the second week of the season, so he wasn't around all year. But I think that made a difference. I mean, they, they obviously couldn't replace him. You don't have anybody with that kind of talent. And I think it, it did hurt the record a little bit last year. John, let's say there's a rain out on the opening day, so that means they have to play like you know, they, don't get that, uh, they don't get that day off after. So they have to play five straight days. Who are your five pitchers right now? Is it, who are the five? Obviously start with Keller pitching the first day. Who is, the, who is spots two through five? I would say Keller, then Martin Perez, then you want to split the lefties up. So I'd go with Luis Ortiz, who I, I think is going to end up making the starting rotation. I, I liked what I saw of him in his bullpens, and, and since I've been back, I've heard nothing but good things from people that are still down in Bradenton. I'm going to go with him as the third starter. Marco Gonzalez is the fourth starter. And I think you, I think, and I, and I hate openers and I hate that whole situation for openers and bulk relievers, but I think that's what the fifth spot could end up being. It could be a, a guy like Josh Fleming, a lefty who they sign. Maybe he'll start, maybe he'll be come in and relief after a, after a right-hander opens. Uh, 
you know, they have Chase Anderson, who at least will get a chance to, to make the team. I, I think Quinn Priester, with a good spring, he could be that fifth starter. And certainly Ronzi Contreras, I, I wouldn't count him out. He uh, he lost weight and, you know, to use the old spring training cliches, in the best shape of his life. And I know they were impressed with how he came into camp. So we'll see. He didn't pitch all that well the other day against the Blue Jays. Who's that, but Johnny? I think they have candidates. Yeah, Rowan T. Contreras. Oh, yeah. How about this kid, Jared Jones, that everybody's raving about? You know, you look at him, he's not physically imposing, and you wouldn't think he's a hard thrower, but, boy, he, he can bring it in the high 90s. And, uh, you know, I, I really saw a lot of maturity in him. I talked to him last year in spring training, and it was hard to get two words out of him. He seemed really timid and really shy. And, and this year when I approached him, I couldn't get him to shut up. I like, I, you know, well, I got to go now, Jared. Nice talking with you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let me ask so, you this. You know, oh, go yeah. ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, he seems to really have gained confidence after having a really good year in the minor leagues last year and finishing up the trip away. Yeah, I'm sort of intrigued by him. I, I can't get the Hank Davis thing out of my mind here. Um, what if this guy hits the hell out of the ball in spring training? Do you still think he'll go down? And here, more to the point is this. Andy Rodriguez is still their long-term answer at catcher, right? So yeah. what, what would be the yeah. purpose of sending Hank Davis to Indy to go learn the catching trade when he's not even going to be your long-term option anyway, presumably? None of, it, none of it makes sense. None of it makes sense. And I tell you what makes the most sense in my mind and anytime I've brought it up to anybody in pirate management, they immediately shoot it down. The one position where they really have nobody in the farm system that you can say, wow, he's, he's the future here is a first baseman. And it would seem with his power. And I mean, he's, he's not a great athlete, but certainly he's good enough to be, become a decent defensive first baseman and why they don't move him to first base is beyond me because that's where they really need somebody for the long term. Why do they shoot it down? What's their reasoning? They just say that he's going to be a catcher first. And, uh, you know, they don't really they, – they just shoot it down. They don't give any reason. They just uh, – <laughs> No. <laughs> they don't – like maybe because it's my idea and they hate me. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever it is. Yeah, I mean, the thing about it is if Davis can't catch – if it just after you know they re- they realize he's just not a good catcher, he better hit, and you bring him up. I mean, is he your DH? Why are what? we still asking this question? But because it's it, like if they drafted Kenny Pickett and said, "Well, it's like Tebow." But again, well, if he can't play quarterback, maybe we'll try him at tight end seven years in. But, but the bottom, what did they draft here? Right, exactly. Did they draft a catcher or a first Joe, baseman? That's the point I'm trying to make. What is going on with Hank Davis? That's my point. They used one one on this guy, and they have no idea what he is. That's the point. And so my point is, you know, if he's not, because they used 1-1 on him, if his bat plays, I guess you can use him as a DH, but that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. You know what I mean? So uh, I, I don't know. I mean, we, we saw him in right field last year. It, it wasn't very good. I don't know. Could he play first base, John? I I don't know. I don't know. They, they, don't want to get, they don't want to try him there. I don't understand why they don't try him there. And why not do it now in spring training? Why not start having him take some ground balls at first base? Get him into a couple of these exhibition games in Florida at first base and see what he can do. But like I said, they shoot it down every time, and yet they never give any concrete reason why they don't think he can be a first baseman. Well, what did he look like to you as he was catching? And what were people saying about his catching in spring? Mackey says he's catching. He looks good. 
I thought he looked good. I mean, again, you know, when I was there, it was before the game started, so he's mainly catching, you know, bullpens and live batting practice. But it wasn't like every ball was going to the backstop or anything when he was catching it. <laughs> you know, it's not like I'm back there trying to catch 95 miles an hour with the ball moving. But I, uh, you know, I, it, I, I feel bad for the kid because, you know, people are already labeling him bust. And he, I'll say this, he's as hard or harder of a worker than anybody in that organization. The guy is like 12 months a year baseball. He doesn't take time off in the off season. He's one of the first guys, if not the first guy at the ballpark every day. He's one of the last to leave, and he, he truly loves baseball. I was asking that. I said, you really love this, don't you, one day in spring training? He just smiled, and he's a very serious guy, and he doesn't smile very often. And he goes, thanks for noticing. And I told him, I said, yeah, it really comes through. So, I mean, the guy loves the game. He works at it. I think he's going to do everything he can to be the best player he can be. But I, I just don't know, talent-wise, if he's going to be that guy that they were hoping. And well, how I, about I this? hope he is. How about like this? Him. How about this idea? Tell him to focus on hitting. Tell him, yeah. he's, tell him he's your everyday DH. He's going to hit, and then on the side, he can have a special catching. And I'm serious <laughs> about this, and learn the catching trade on the side. I, I don't get. I really don't give a crap what he does defensively. You draft a guy that high. Granted, catching's a premium position, but you draft a guy that high because of his bat. He can leave his glove in his car if he can hit. I don't care. Have him be the DH every day then, and learn catching on the side. Then what do you do with McCutcheon? I don't know. He's not going to be around long anyway. No, I'm just saying. Spot you, starts. Again, you brought him Pinch back. Pinch hitter. I get that, but you brought him back basically to beat DH. So, my point is at that point, but I agree with you, Joe. It, it doesn't make sense because Andy Rodriguez is hurt this year. It doesn't right. make sense to put him in, in, in Indianapolis. But it's, 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 just, it's I guess, John, it's kind of frustrating for people because, you know, he he was the, a first-round pick, a, the one a number one overall, and – his bat should play, but if you can't get him in the lineup, what difference does it make if he can hit 400 or if he hits, you know, 100? Exactly, and and if he's not a catcher, then he's really got to, like you alluded to earlier, Paul, then he's really got to be a power hitter if he's going to be a DH and not a 20-homer-a-year guy, but he's got to develop into a 30-35 homer-a-year guy if he ends up being a DH and especially – as young as he still is, if he goes, if he moves into that spot full time, he's got to hit and hit a lot. This is going to be unbelievable today. <laughs> Corbin Burns is pitching, and my nephew, who's a giant Orioles fan, says they're only holding back a little bit. They have most of their big guns in there. You have uh, who's the Holiday Kid, who was a number one pick. You have Skeens. This is better than the World Series, Johnny. Wasn't wasn't Corbin Burns? Wasn't he the third baseman for that team in Major League? The Indian the Indians in Major League? Oh no, that's Corbin Benson. Never mind. Go ahead. Johnny, this is the game of the year. <laughs> yeah. It's too bad city limits didn't pay your fare to go cover this one. I know. I, sh- I should have had a GoFundMe page. If I knew that Paul Keith was pitching today, I would have started one. Thank you, Johnny. This was great stuff. I hope we can catch up often this season. <laughs> Anytime, Joe and Paul. I appreciate it. Good talk with you guys. All right. Good job, John. How great is he? Huh? Oh, yeah. I love it. It's fun. He's, He's the best.
Yeah, he's and the other thing is, man, he's been around for how long? I mean, he he's decades seen it all. and decades he's and decades. He's seen it all. He has seen it all for sure. He makes Ron Cook look at, look like uh, he's he's a cub reporter. You know what I mean? Yeah, Johnny. Yeah, Johnny's been. I mean, listen, he's been around baseball. He's been there through the through the uh, um, uh, the lean years. I mean, but I, I think he was he was there in the eighties. Yeah. T- I'll tell you a funny John Prado story. And I laugh. I've ne- I'll never laugh so hard, right? So we were, you know, with the Post Gazette. Obviously, I work with the Post Gazette, and and um, I was sent over. Now this was way back, maybe ten years ago, fifteen years. I don't even know what it was. I mean, ten and eleven years, ago, whatever it was. Probably more than that, fifteen, maybe. I don't know. So I was sent over there to go to. the in the press box. And it was one of these things where the Pirates apparently were angry at a couple of the beat reporters or something. Mm-hmm. So they leaked it to our guy that Jason Bay was going to be an all-star. So, of course, we write the story, Jason Bay all-star, you know? Sources say Jason Bay all-star. So, Parado... <laughs> He's sitting in in the press box. Listen, I I don't know why it was so funny, but he's sitting in the press box, and literally about every like I don't know, ten minutes, he would just blurt out, "Jason Bay All Star." What do you think of that, Jason Bay All Star? And he would look down, you know, where uh, the the media guys sit at the end of the right. He'd look their way. Hey, Jason Bay All Star. Anybody else in here know that Jason Bay All Star? I never. Ever, if the thing was. He kept going every single time he did it. I said, okay, next time it's not going to be funny. Okay, you've proven your point. It was funny every single time he did it. I, I never laughed. This is one of my favorite moments in a press box because it was one of those things where I could I could see the other guys were frustrated that it was leaked to our guy. You know, oh, yeah. but, it, but, you he, know. He, these, he, 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 <laughs> when you know, he goes yeah. into boil mode. Oh, yeah. It's a beautiful thing. But 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 the thing about it is these these media relations people, they do that stuff. You know, every so often they're mad at you, so they're gonna give it to me, you know? <laughs> and and, and that's maybe the only time, the first time, you know, I've seen where he was openly mocking them and making sure that everybody in the press box <laughs> knew that. he was mocking them. It was tremendous. Anyway. Let's talk let's talk about <laughs> NIL coming up. No, not NIL, the the college football playoff expanding to a trillion teams. Where this leaves everybody. Let's talk about a little, because that's a story right now. We'll get into Penguin talk for tonight. Brian Russ now on IR. All of this as the trade deadline approaches. (laughs) Jason Uh, Bay, (laughs) all-star! Did I give away the four tickets this hour yet, City Limits? I think you did. Yeah, we have four more soon. Like now. Let's let's do four tickets to the 2024 Pittsburgh Home and Garden Show at the David L. Lawrence Convention Center, March 8th through the 17th. Caller number four to our dear friend, City Limits. Fan text line brought to you by Edgar Snyder and Associates, personal injury law firm, where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. Got to have good text today for texts in the city. Fan Twitter brought to you by South Hills Kia Peters Township. Visit them at southhillskia.net. And we have a TNT Thursday here on uh, FanDuel with the NBA and what we have is Knicks Warriors. That's what we have. 
and I'm very excited for this game. And Steph Curry's been in a slump. So I bet you his over-under tonight is a little bit low. Well, you know what? Steph likes to go to New York. I know that. I think he set the all-time three-point record there for most in history uh, just a couple of years ago. So go over. That would be my advice. No sweat, same game parlay from FanDuel in partnership with Valley Forge. Doesn't matter if you're new to FanDuel, already have an account. You'll get bonus bets, bets back if your same game parlay doesn't win on any NBA on TNT game. That's a pretty good deal. Same game parlay is perfect way to combine your bets for a chance to score a bigger payday. So just head to FanDuel.com slash Starkey to bet the NBA with a no-sweat same game parlay with TNT Thursdays. That's FanDuel.com slash Starkey, 21-plus present in Pennsylvania. Minimum three-leg parlay required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Max refund $5 unless otherwise specified. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Austin Bechtel with your fan headlines. We are less than half an hour away from Paul Skeens' first spring training game with the Pirates. Here's how the lineup stacks up. Cruz, Sawinski, Hayes, Telez, Davis, Oliveres, Peguero, Smith and & Jigba, and Gonzalez. Henry Davis is the one catching Paul Skeens. Headlines are powered by Bowser and Genesis of Monroeville. Now open for more. Go to 937thefan.com. And now here's Paul Zeiss. It's Paul's eyes, guys, dealing with ED is miserable. New Flow Men's Health is the area's leader in treating erectile dysfunction uh, successfully. There are no pills. There are no injections. There are no games. Get your confidence back by contacting New Flow Men's Health at 412-784-9000. That's 412-784-9000. Or visit us at newflowmenshealth.com. That is N-U-F-L-O menshealth.com All right, Pauly Pavilion. What did we make of this uh, Penguin win the other night? I see Brian Rust on IR now. Not sure about Gensel and his return. Do you think that was a glimmer of hope? Do you think they build on that? Do you think they beat Seattle? Then they have back-to-back games, Calgary and Edmonton. And then they're home for Washington and Columbus. And then and then it's the trade deadline. I think it's trending in the direction of, for better or worse, they're, Kyle Dubas is they're going to convince Kyle Dubas not to break up the team and maybe add a piece. That's the trend. I, I think we're headed in that direction. And that worked out really, 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 really well for the Pirates. Because wasn't that how the Chris Archer trade came about? Adding when you weren't good enough to add? Well, I remember, they, didn't they win a bunch of games right before the trade deadline? Yeah. If I'm, mista- yeah, if I'm not that. mistaken, it was like, oh, we're going to sell, we're going to sell, we're going to sell. It and can then, be deceiving, right? And then they won a bunch of games in a row or whatever right before the trade deadline. And the next thing you know, they end up with Chris, Chris Archer. My thing is this. Again, as we talked about yesterday, if you do that, let's say they win tonight and they split over the weekend. They get six points out of this road trip, which I think everybody would sign up for right now. For sure. Okay? And then they take care of business at home against those two teams that you just talked about. Um, so you're talking about, you know, a week from now they got 10 more points than they have. So that puts them somewhere where they put 72 points. That probably puts them somewhere close to the playoffs. Okay? So, 72 points, my thing is this. 
if you are going to actually say we think we can make a playoff run, then you have to make a couple of hockey trades that are going to give you the opportunity to go there. And and here's the thing. Everybody looks at trading Jake Gensel as, well, you're giving up. I don't necessarily know that I do because I think you can get some good pieces for him. And to me, you don't have much prospect-wise. You don't have much draft capital-wise, right? So if you're going to make tra- trades, if you're going to make trades to improve your team, there's a couple of different ways you can do it. You can do a trade where, you know, they've done this in the past. Guy is either unhappy here or a little bit underachieving. Trade him for a guy on another team who, you know, has been better in the past but is either underachieving or not happy with his role there. Hope that you bring him here and the change of venue helps both guys, right? That That's one way you can do it. Or, as you've talked about, you gamble and you trade maybe a Tristan Jari, Right? Hope that you're, uh, you know, hope that you're good enough there, uh, and 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 then you say, okay, we're going to trade Tristan Jari and turn him into a couple of, of, of younger players who maybe are better or whatever. Um, you trade a guy like Gensel. I, it's just th- there's not much you can do to improve the roster unless you're willing to change it, and that means trading some guys. And and the thing about it is. Even though it worked out in the Carlson deal, for the most part, you're not going to be able to trade your bad guys for their good guys. So you're going to have to, you know what I mean? You're going to have to try and change the roster somehow yeah. by using the players you have that might actually bring back somebody else. Well, here's the thing about tonight's game. If Seattle is suddenly playing well again, they beat the Islanders in overtime. They won at Boston. They got a point against Detroit. They beat Vancouver. They lost to Minnesota, and then they beat the Bruins again. Not many teams beat the Bruins twice in Vancouver in a week and a half. So they're actually playing well right now. This is going to be a very interesting, very telling game, I think, for the Penguins. And I think there's guys on this roster who have a lot more to give in Raquel, who suddenly has three goals, I think four points in the last two games. Malkin, clearly. And he showed signs of life. I think these guys, the younger guys on his wings, have injected life into him. He actually directed seven shots at the Vancouver net the other night, which is a bonanza for him. Then Carlson is one. Riley Smith is another. Like, my original point a week ago going into this deadline is they have they have what every other contending team wants, a, a lot of good hockey players. Right. So why hasn't it worked here? Is this is this right before last call? Is it going to start to work here? I don't know, but they got a lot of good players. One of the things I think that, that one of the things, like I said, it's it's so strange with, and it seems like this is more the case in hockey than any other sport. Guys somehow find the wrong fit or the wrong team, yeah. and good players turn into just sort of, sort of marginal players. It happens more in, in hockey. I don't know why. I guess because it's more of a you know because of the system that or the way that the way that the sport runs, the way that it's played. But it's imp- incredible. Like for instance, who is the Kraken's leading scorer? Is it McCann? Yeah. I don't know. Yes. Is it? Yes. And my point is, you know, some guys just fit in better elsewhere, and fit some. So that's why I said if you're going to try and change the roster at the trade deadline. Say you say, okay, you're you're uh, Cal Dubas. Okay, you guys have convinced me by the way that you played in that road trip 
the way that you finished the, you know, these last 10 games or whatever, you've convinced me that we need to really try and, and take a run at the playoffs. The thing, the thing you have to do is, okay, now how do you change the roster? And, and one of the things that is, is, is unique sort of about the Penguins, A, you've got a lot of guys that you can't move on from because, or you can't move because they've got contracts that you can't move. And B, you don't have a ton of prospect and draft capital to trade away, so you have to make almost you almost have to make hockey trade. Yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna deal, you do have assets, and those are good right. players. But it would be really nice if those good players played good here. And here's another guy, Paul, who's really important to this team, and it's Achari. If you look at their record with him in the lineup, and there's a lot of factors that go into that, I know. But this guy was, was like sacrificing his body on the penalty kill the other night the way Nick Benino used to do. Like he would, he doesn't care if his leg gets shattered by a puck. <laughs> He's coming out for his next shift. He's really important to them. They won five in a row with him in the lineup in early November. In his six starts in December, they got a point in every one of them. They went 5-0-1. They've won five games in a row again with him in the lineup now. His past five games that he's played, they've won every single one of them. He's important, and he's missed. How many games has he missed this season? Like 15, 14 games? So, I don't know. I'm happy I'll be watching a game that has implications one way or the other tonight. You know what I mean? No, absolutely. It's going to be be pretty riveting. And like you said yesterday, the one thing the Penguins have been is entertaining. And well, yes. Recently. Recently, yes. yeah. Over the past two weeks. They've yeah. been re- and, and, and the thing about it is, what's, 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 if ever there was a year that it really was great that the trade deadline was a little later, it was this year. Because I think Cal Dubas needs every single game he can possibly get to properly evaluate what he has before he decides what what he's going to do at the trade deadline. I don't think it's as simple as and again, I think a lot of people want it to be you know simple. I don't think it's that simple. I think it's complicated in many many ways because of sort of where they're at with a lack of prospects, a lack of draft picks. If you want to add, you're going to have to get rid of somebody. And you, and, and 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 you know, maybe it's Jake Ensel. Maybe you trade them and you get a couple of younger players and you're able to, you know, boost your 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 bottom your bottom six a little bit and the chemistry works a little bit better and change you know, I mean, you're gonna have to make a bold move of some sort if you want to try and get better. Everybody thinks, well, you trade these guys, it means you're quitting or you're you're giving up on the season. It it might be you're just trying to change the roster enough that okay, now We've shaken it up enough that maybe we, you know, we've got something and we catch lightning in a bottle. That's yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Just just because you trade Gensel, I don't think that means you're punting on the season. It depends on what you get back. And again, they they have there's good players here that when they're relatively healthy, which they're not right now, I get it. But guys like Raquel, Gino, Riley Smith, Carlson, those are four really good hockey players. If they're playing well, they can win. None of those Raquel, guys. Raquel, none of those guys has met expectations. Yeah, Raquel here has been a mystery season. to me. Raquel has been a mystery to me. I I don't understand why he hasn't played better. Maybe now's the time. Yeah, 
Yeah, he's, it's been weird watching it's, him. It's this just year. I don't I don't know I don't know what he's doing out there. After 28 goals last season. All right, I want to talk to Paul about this. I've been wanting to talk about this all day because he's the perfect guy. How many teams are we getting to here? Now now there seems to be momentum for 14 teams in the college football playoff. We'll talk about that next. 50 minute mark on the fan brought to you by South Hills Chrysler Jeep Dodge. Route 19 in Peters Township celebrating 50 years in the South Hills hotline. Presented by Sullivan Super Service, Pittsburgh's trusted plumbing and HVAC provider for over 50 years. We'll do some predictions. We're definitely going to do uh, texts in the city for sure. And city limits, uh, if we need it, do you have this latest version of Paul Thinks Incrinculently, PTI? If we need it, I got it. Of course you do. Of course you do. Fan weather. Brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. Check out special financing for qualified buyers on new Silverado 1500 trucks. Sunny and cold today. Going to get warmer, maybe a lot warmer over the weekend. It's the Joe Show with Paul Zeiss. This music sucks. Really, really disappointing. Yeah, It's on you. City limits. Come on. You have Paul in here. We treated him. Sean, don't call me Seth Myers. Treated him to a little uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Earth, Wind, and Fire. Maybe some. What else do you like? Cool in the gang. Yeah, any of that seventies punk kind of stuff or eighties. You know, Michael Jackson, Janet Jackson. Did you see Bobby uh, Brown? You know, Bobby Brown. That kind of stuff. That's how we do. That's how you do it. We 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 have to treat our guests nicer than this. (laughs) City limits. All right, we'll do Earth, Wind, and Fire next. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Be a little late by then, but okay. Okay. Here's the story. ESPN, uh, Pete Thamel and Heather Dinich, both really good at what they do, I might add. Sources, 14-team college football playoff has momentum. So this is being largely driven by the Big Ten and the SEC, who each want three automatic bids in this. The ACC and the Big 12 would get two. One for the group of five. That would leave three at-large spots. And, of course, if Notre Dame just finishes 14th, they're automatically in. 14th or higher. This sucks. (laughs) It really does. How many teams is too many, Paul? Do you like this? I think eight is what it should be. Eight is the right number to me. And Well, uh, well, actually, now now that you have um, the collapse of the Pac-12, I could still live with eight. My thing with eight before was you had five power conferences, the five champions, and then the best of the group of six or whatever the hell we call that other, you know, the other ones, you know, the Boise State or whoever, yeah, yeah. whoever's the highest rated there is the sixth spot, and then you have two wild cards. That was enough. That's enough. That To me, that's enough. So if you do it this way now, now you got four power conferences to get rid of the Pac-12, you still eight would be good because now you have three wild cards, which is all you need. That's I it. agree. I agree. This, this, I agree with eight. I agree with eight. I don't mind four even. Fourteen, and all it is, here's a big surprise. It's just a blatant money grab. And I would say this, Paul. There's, in this story, the idea of the SEC and Big Ten just breaking away and forming their own thing. Do it already, if that's what you want to do. Uh, right. Thamel and Dinich report here. There seems to be a lot of momentum. One of their sources said those conversations are happening about the SEC and the Big Ten to even stay in the NCAA or break off 
and the source tells them that some feel pretty strongly about pulling away, I'd say very strongly. You know what? If I'm Pitt or West Virginia or somebody like that, I want to get this over with and know where I stand. If that's what they're going to do, go. Right. And let's see where we are. And, and, and go go do it. But more importantly, it'll be real interesting to see how those coaches handle the fact that they don't get three or four cream puffs on their schedule. Because now, who are they going to play? If they break away. If they break away. Yeah, if if it's you got the Big Ten or the SEC, guess well, what? Well, won't those two expand? Won't it be like two 24-team conferences? Maybe. But do you st- think Pitt would survive in one of those? Maybe if forty if they went if they went to twenty four teams maybe I mean forty eight teams total between the two maybe it would be right you know on that cut line at like forty four to fifty right so maybe I mean I think at the end of the day there's a lot that Pitt has to offer um, in, in in a number of ways that maybe some other places don't in terms of TV market and all that other stuff but I I really believe this it, it, if you did that. All of a sudden, guess what? You're not getting one double A games. You're not getting, you know, uh, MAC games and those Southern Conference games and all that other stuff. You're not getting right. any of it. So you've got to now play 12 Power 5 or Power, whatever we call it. You think they would just play, have, have, you're not, inner inner conference games between the two? Like those 48 would, would just play to. each if other? They were, if they weren't in the NCAA, they'd have to. So basically, now you have to play twelve major conference games. You're not getting, you know. But so does everybody else. Right, so right. nobody's going undefeated, probably. Right. But my thing is, okay. So what are you going to do? So you have twelve games. Are you going to play ten league games? And then two non-conference. Two against the ace. Two against the. Uh, two against the other conference. The other conference. Or nine. Right. Or, or, right. or actually, are you going to go back to eight? What would happen to the rest because of the world? Because then, then? then, then you don't, then you don't, then you have a ridiculously stupid, unbalanced schedule, where one team might, you know, theoretically, one team could play the ten best teams in the conference, and the other team could play the ten worst. Right. And then, well, that's yeah. the problem. There, there, there's those kinds of problems now. Right. But if you got twenty-four team leagues, it doesn't even make any sense. So, to me, they don't want to make sense. They want to make money. Right. If you're going to break away. You need to go. You need to have sixty-four teams go with you. You know, and have you have four sixteen-team leagues. Yeah. Four sixteen-team leagues, and then you 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 know you basically have four champions, and then you could come up with if you if you absolutely need to have you know twelve teams in your playoff or sixteen teams in your playoff. Now you got twelve or thirteen. You know, and now you got twelve, ten or twelve. Uh, at-large type teams. Does the presence of Notre Dame irritate you as much as it does me? I mean, the, the whole thing here, here's yeah. a 14-team CFP model. Who's in? How many? SEC, Big Ten, ACC, Big 12, Group of Five, at-large, and Notre Dame. Why? They, they would have to be in the top 14 or top 10 or something, right? Yeah. But but it's like they're they're constantly a separate entity, you right. know? Uh, but, but, but yet... Treated very, very exceptionally. What, what, would be, what would be very interesting is if all the conferences got together and said we don't want Notre Dame for any sport. But and that and then they would have to either they'd have to they'd have to you know bring their football into one of the conferences. Yes. That being said, it's advantageous for the ACC to have a partnership with Notre Dame. 
Because at the end of the day, do you really think Wake Forest or even like Virginia or those kind of schools, Georgia Tech maybe even, would get Notre Dame to come play them if they didn't have to? I don't know. I'm just irritated by I their am, presence. I am. I'm just saying. Everybody said the, the easy answer is, well, if all the conferences got together and said, to hell with it, you're out of the playoff unless you join a conference. Are they, are they that special? No, they're not. But and, and the funny thing about it is, the best part about it is, Notre Dame hasn't won a national championship since, what, 89? 89. Even the revenue model, these people report. So here's the revenue. Uh, the SEC and Big Ten get between 25 and 30% of the college football playoff revenue. Okay, so they would get the most. The ACC and Big 12 would be next, down to 15 or 20%. That leaves a smaller chunk of 6 to 10% for the other leagues and nearly 1% for Notre Dame. Why them all the time? Right, exactly. Are, let me let me ask you honestly though. Are they indeed still very very value a valuable property they in are, terms obviously. of reeling in money? They must be. They obviously are. Listen, they they get ratings. No matter where they go, there's going to be a big crowd. Every bowl game would love to have them. You know, they're going to get eyes on the TV sets. So there's that. But like for for again for the uh, ACC, they did something that the Big East was not able to do. When the Big East was aligned with Notre Dame, and remember Notre Dame was in the Big East, but they weren't in football? Yeah. The Big East didn't get a scheduling agreement like the ACC did. Because the ACC said, okay, I tell you what, we'll let you be a member in every other sport except for football, but you got to play five of our teams every single year and – over the course of, what, two, uh, three seasons or however long it takes to flip over, you've got to play every one of our teams. So it's not like you can just say, okay, well, good, we'll play Clemson, we'll play Florida State, we'll play Pitt and, right. Bo- and Boston College because those are the four teams that make sense for us to play. No, 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 no. You have to go to play at Syracuse, you know, once every cycle or, you know, every other cycle you've got to play at Syracuse. You've got to play at Virginia. You've got to play at Wake Forest. Right? That was the best thing that the ACC did. People can be mad about it all they want. But the reality is having Notre Dame aligned with them, as long as Notre Dame is allowed to have the rules differently, you want to be the conference that has them as, uh, aligned with you, especially since you were able to go and say, listen, okay, you don't have to be in our conference, but you got to give us five games every year. Well, let me ask you this. This is another question that arises of many. Because my brain is very small. If we have 14 teams, two of them get a bye. So if you're if you're outside of the top two teams, how many games would you need to win to win the national championship? Like if you're the eighth seed, the yeah, sixth well, seed, four. You you need to win four. Four, right? Because I mean, you you you. So okay, so they're already playing 12 games. Yes. So we're talking about an NFL schedule. I mean, are our kids gonna listen? Kids heading to the NFL gonna want to play four more games on top of twelve, or are they just gonna say screw it like they do with the bowls? That, that's gonna be the best thing. Wait until we start to have people opting out of playoff games. I wouldn't surprise me in well, the least. Again, again, here's the thing: you, you don't. Okay, so these guys don't want to play one extra game. 
So if you're say on right, even even under this model right now with a 12 team that starts this year. Yeah. Okay. So the top four teams now get a buy. Which means if you're team five through 12, you're going to have to win four games to win the championship. Okay. Now let's say you are um, the champion of the ACC, and so you're the sixth seed. Okay. Yeah. You've now had to play in the ACC championship game plus four playoff games to win the national championship. That's 17 games you're going to ask these guys I to play. I forgot about the conference right. championship, so right? at the end of the day, it's 17. 17 games. So people who don't understand that there will be opt-outs, even though it's a playoff game, are out of their minds. That's what I was thinking. Because if you're, uh, okay, if you're a guy that has a chance to be the number one pick in the draft, you, you win your conference championship game, and your team somehow, for whatever reason, falls five or six or whatever. Are you looking at that schedule saying, okay, I'm going to have to play four more games before I can start working out for the NFL? I just don't think it's going to – I think we're going to see – you know, it might not be this first year because it's new, but I guarantee you it'll become a thing where the top five, eight, ten picks in the draft – Right? It's and, too and, much. And here's the other thing. Any guy that has NFL aspirations, they have a bruised thigh. You think they're playing? That too. They have a, you know, uh, uh, they have a, you know, a shoulder or whatever that they could play with or tape up and play. Right. You think that? How many of those yeah, guys I mean, are going to rip? So it's not going to be, and what I'm saying is it's not going to be, I don't think it's going to be a true Playoff from the I, standpoint. I agree with you. These guys have, especially when you have seniors and juniors who have NFL aspirations, they're going to look at this schedule and say, wait a minute, <laughs> you've got to be out of your mind. How do I survive? Not only is it four extra games potentially, it's like a gauntlet of the best teams in the country right. where I would think in the, in the most intense atmosphere. And, and, and if I get banged up in the second game, right now i got to come back and play the week next week in the third game, right, and further risk injury. By the time we get through all this stuff, now I got to have two or three weeks off just to re- re- recover. Guess what? The combine is the next week it's, or something. That's that's what I'm thinking of more than anything. Right. So if you're, you know, the a ten and three Arizona team, the most nondescript team you could imagine at number eleven in the final uh, CFP rankings this year. Who first of all, who wants to see them? Why are they in a playoff? And if you're on that team, hey, this is awesome. We're in the playoffs. All we have to do is beat <laughs> Michigan, Washington, Georgia, and Alabama, and we'll be champs. I mean, I mean, if you, did you uh, if you go here, go here real quick, right? This is this is where I think there's a little bit of a fallacy as well as well as well. Okay, so uh, the you know who's going to make it every year is Penn State, though. They'll, this is right in Franklin's wheelhouse. Absolutely, because the bottom line is they will um, uh, they will basically, if you think about it. Okay, so the, so let's just say the final the final thing. So you would have uh, if Pitt would have made it two years ago. They were eleven and three. So so you had Notre. So you'd have under the fourteen team thing. You'd have Notre Dame, Texas, as a first round game. Penn State, Georgia. LSU, Alabama, Arizona would have played um, Florida State. Ohio State would have played Oregon. Ole Miss would have played Missouri. Yeah, of course, you have to figure in 
if yeah. there's automatic qualifiers right. for each conference, it so, might you might stretch into seventeen or eighteen. So who is who is who the automatic qualifier would have been? Who is the team? Was it Liberty? Was the highest rated group of five? Teams? Yeah, they would have been in that. that. Now that type of thing, I'm interested in. If is, right, if you have you, a so, Liberty, that's so, like that's like basketball. So so you would make them the 14th seed, obviously. Yeah. Okay. So you have Liberty playing against Texas. I don't know. I, I just don't. I don't need to see that. <laughs> I just. That's don't. the one that would interest I'm me. I'm just saying. I don't need. What to I don't see need that. to see is Iowa for finishing third or fifth in the Big Ten as suddenly in a playoff. Yes. I, I don't. That's the one I don't need to see. I, I'm just. I, I mean, I don't need to see a lot of that. Like, why do I need to see, um, for instance, why do I need to see Arizona in the playoffs? Yes, that's, that's what we're bringing in. Right. LSU lost to Florida State. They got smoked by Florida State. They got. They lost. I mean, okay. Penn State played three real teams and lost them, all three. <laughs> like, what, what? Why do I need to see them in the playoffs? So, and that's nothing against Penn State. I know people say, "Oh, you're being mean to Penn State." No, I'm not. Eight teams is enough. Eight teams is perfect. If, Eric, me, if Eric Hagman is listening, you're in trouble right uh, now. Uh, but it's not about Penn State. My point is, they they played a couple games. We, I don't need to see them in the playoffs. Here, here's the thing: if if it was eight teams, okay, you would basically have. Michigan playing against Liberty. That would be the the game that would be terrible, okay? But, you know, Washington, Oregon. And probably they would have, you know, messed it around a little bit so we didn't have a rematch like that. So let's say Washington against Florida State. Yeah. That would have been a good game. Yes. And Oregon then would have played Texas. And then you'd have Georgia, Alabama. Maybe they, maybe they flip Alabama or, so it's, you know – Texas plays Georgia and Alabama plays Oregon. My point is, those four games would be three of those games would be good. Nobody wants to see Michigan Liberty, but you know what? If you're going to have an automatic qualifier, you're going to get one of those teams in there. Have That's you seen problem. Pitt's 2024 football schedule yet? Pitt's? Yeah. Um, Cal is on the schedule. Yes. Because they've moved east here. This is so. Dumb. I mean, that's, they have a, a three-week stretch with with yeah. Cal, SMU. What are we doing? Uh, look at their home schedule. Okay, they got Kent State. Okay, West Virginia, great game. Youngstown State. Mm-hmm. Cal <laughs> with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback yeah. and Jason Kidd at point guard. It's Syracuse, Pearl Washington. Then they play Virginia. Ralph Sampson. Yeah, and then they play Clemson. Tree Rollins. Yeah, that's their home schedule. Oh. And and they also play. Wait, in fact, they've got Cal. Then they play Syracuse. Then they go to SMU. Yeah. Hey, what, <laughs> what have we done? Honestly, what have we done? The the, the, the Pony Express. I will say this: though, Eric the, Dickerson the, and, and, Craig, and James. Craig James. The fourteen team playoff does give Pitt access to the playoff. Yeah, though. it does. That's one thing that's See, good. It's good for those kind of teams. It's good for a team like Pitt, but to, but to have a you know the opportunity if they win the the ACC again, that they'll get into the playoff. That that's the good thing. You ready for a best of three? What's the best of three? Paul thinks incrinculently. Yeah. Okay. It's uh, PTI, city limits. You ready for this? I got to need a minute to pull up the clock. That's fine. Any calls on the college football playoff or anything we've spoken about today? No calls, but we have some Pirates updates if you want. No, I was going to say if there are, if you if you want to make a call, call 41 Oh, what's the Pirates update? 
Henry Davis, three-run home run, top of the first inning. Woo! Three-nothing Buckos, bottom half of the inning. Paul Skeens, one, two, three they go. He touched 102 on the radar gun. Yeah, baby. Indianapolis yes. is going to yes. start with the best battery in the league. Go Indy, Indy. baby. The Indianapolis Indians. How about that? They're going to have Paul Skeens throwing 102, 103, striking guys out, and Hank Davis. Why am I not watching this? I am now, sort of. I'm you on can't a, watch I'm it. On, can. You can on, listen to it. it there's is a live. fake batter. It's on MLB.com. There's the same guy at the plate every time. <laughs> Greg Brown and Bob Walker doing the game on MLB.com. Really? Yeah. I was listening to the first inning. Get a clip of Henry Davis's three-run homer then. All right. I'll pull it back. That'd be awesome. Hank Davis with a three-run homer. <laughs> and where, where is Skeens? Is, uh, where's the bot? He's going up against Corbin Burns. How about them apples? Yeah, right, let's see. Here he is. What, what, what is one inning pitched? No hits, no runs, no earned runs, no strikeouts though. I like it. We need strikeouts. And he got up to one hundred two. Need strikeouts. Let's do PTI best of three. Three questions. Paul plays the first game at home. You get fifteen seconds to answer it. Then I do, and then City Limits judges each game winner. You ready? You guys ready? We're I. I was born ready. You're up first, Paul. Okay. All right. Let's do it. Okay, that's the clock. That's the clock. So we do have the clock. Here we go. Paul starts first or Joe, you want to start first? Paul starting first. All right, Paul. Here we go. Pitt basketball needs every win at this point that they can get. They're in the last four, they're in the next next four out. Who is the one Pitt basketball player that you would want from the history of Pitt basketball to put on this team to get them to the finals? I would have to say, I mean, you go with the best that I can think of, and that is uh, Charles Smith. If they had Charles Smith, all of a sudden they would be a force inside, and with the way they shoot threes, they'd be unstoppable. So, Charles Smith. Joe? Why isn't there a buzzer? There is. (laughs) Just blew up both my eardrums, city limits. I can now not hear you. I'm ready. Same to you. I mean, Billy Knight is my first thought, but you know what? For this team, for this team, how about Dewan Blair? So you have all your guys on the perimeter when Pitt doesn't run an offense and just has guys trying to go one-on-one a lot, but you have a guy to clean up on the offensive boards. You have a monster in the middle. Give me Dewan Blair. Joe, I think you win based on the fact that they have all the guards, they have all the talent, but Dewan, I mean, Dewan Blair would probably be the best fit on this okay, team. Okay, so both of you are wrong. If you've just lot of offensive rebound, that'd be Jerome Lane. So both of you are wrong. You're not allowed I'm to protesting, comment. I'm protesting. I'm protesting. That's a uh, suspension for him. He's Your judgment. Not to mention the Your judgment is supposed to be unquestioned. Not to mention the fact that Charles Smith gives them. Okay, go ahead. Never mind. Game two. My, my ballpark. I'm ready. Game two. Here we go. Bill Hilgrove retired today from calling games with the Steelers. He'll still be doing pick games after 30 years. Who is the best broadcaster Pittsburgh sports has ever had and why? Joe. Holy horse milk. I mean, I never heard Bob Prince. Of course, Myron Cope, Mike Lang, Greg Brown, Billy Hillgrove. I'm going to take Myron Cope. First time I ever heard him, I moved here from Buffalo in 1989. I said, what is that? What is that? Is that a person? What is that voice? But then he grows on you. Legendary. Myron Cope. I would say Mike Lang, uh, just because of the fact that when you listen to Penguins broadcast way back in the day, nobody cared about him, really. Yep. But they cared about Mike Lang, and everybody that didn't even like hockey knew all of his signature calls. Mike Lang. I agree with Paul. 
Yeah, but who did the better job? I think Paul did the better job. So of do I, actually. Yeah. yeah, the series is tied at one. It goes back to Paul's home park, which is called Zeiss Stadium, for the Game 3 deciding game. Is Zeiss ready, Stadium. Paul? Hang on, wait. Yep. What yep. happened? We've got... I got a video from Jason Mackey of Paul Skeens hitting 100 for I mean, he must have struck somebody out, but go ahead. I'm going to repost it. Go ahead. Yeah. This is a big game for you. You lost yesterday. Nice. Go right. ahead. Paul, are you ready? Mm-hmm. All right. We've discussed the best broadcasters. What about the best venue that you've ever seen in Pittsburgh? It can, it can be pro sports. It can be college sports. The best venue that you've ever seen in Pittsburgh. In Pittsburgh. Yes. I love the Fitzgerald Fieldhouse. I know people didn't like it, but it was tight. 6,000 people on top of each other. Fans that had to walk in and be around the locker rooms, around the men. It was the loudest place. I love the Fieldhouse. Joe? Man, I love the Fieldhouse, too. I saw Dante Calabria and Eddie Benton there in a legendary matchup, but it's PNC Park. And it, it, it still looks to me like a painting. It's like somebody, somebody painted the skyline behind the stadium it's the most beautiful ballpark I have ever sat in in my life. This is a very tough one to judge on. No, just judge it. Nobody cares. City limits. <laughs> uh, I like Paul. I like Paul's argument. I think the Fitzgerald Fieldhouse, I didn't get to see it in the heyday, but, I mean, 6,000 people crammed into each other. It makes me think of Cameron Indoor. And yeah, it was tremendous. Like. And, I mean, listen, the be- I mean, listen, I mean, the Jerome Lane – Smashing the backboard, right? There was like it was great. If you listen to people, there were sixty thousand people. It still at that is game, great. Right? Ever, I go to women's volleyball yes, games there. Right? The place is awesome. But 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 if you listen to people, Joe, there were sixty thousand people at the Jerome Lane. Right. You know, but the best part about it was you had to walk around the you know the track. The the locker room doors were right there. Guys would walk. It was funny. I was talking to a couple of people that went back when I covered Pitt. I was talking to a couple of people that were boosters in the nineties. And they were angry. You why know, why they're angry because when we're the, early and because get yourself in the game. What is this all about? What are you doing, City Limits? What's happened here? That is part of the Pirate Spring training broadcast. What I was saying was, you, you, you the, the the boosters were able to walk right up to these guys and give them money. <laughs> just hand them money. Just hand them like fifty dollars, a hundred dollars in an envelope right outside the locker room. There. That's the. So old... They were angry because Steve <laughs> Peterson ended all that. <laughs> That's the old John Wooden, Sam so, Gilbert, so UCLA here thing. You go, here you go. Skeens pitched in the first in the first inning. Yeah. 84 and then 100, uh, he got, a, 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 I guess, a fly out. 101, then 99, and then his last batter, he went 83, 87, 102, 89, mm. 87, 101. We'll keep you updated on his second inning coming up as we're going to do text in the city, finish it off in style here. Fan Twitter brought to you by South Hills Kia, Peters Township. Visit him at southhillskia.net. Social media's biggest loser, Malsey, brought to you by Awaken 180 Weight Loss. Reserve your consultation today. At Awaken180WeightLoss.com. And the text line, this is very pertinent. Your name and a hot take for the next segment. Brought to you by Edgar Snyder and Associates. Personal injury law firm where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. It's 131. Time brought to you by Gina Petro of Remax Select Realty. Ball, do you have a message for the populace? I hope. I do. Oh, I, I, I guess I do. I Paul's ice, do. guys, dealing with ED is miserable. New Flow Men's Health is the area's leader in treating erectile dysfunction. No pills, no injections, no games. Get your confidence back by contacting New Flow Men's Health at 412-784-9000. That's 412-784-9000. Or visit us at 
NewFlowMensHealth.com. That's N-U-F-L-O, MensHealth.com. I'm Austin Bexel with your fan headlines. After one inning, it appears Paul Skeens is done in Baltimore. It was a scoreless outing. One, two, three, Baltimore went with three flyouts in the inning. Henry Davis hit a three-run home run in the top of the first inning. They scored O'Neill Cruz and Roddy Telez. Pirates lead Baltimore 3 nothing. Headlines of Papa Bowser and Genesis of Monroeville. Now open for more, go to 937thefan.com. Man, you weren't kidding, Paul, when you said they're going to keep uh, Paul Skeens on an inning count this year. Today, the count was one. Ten pitches? And now Bailey Falter is in there? Ten pitches. <laughs> Ten pitches. And then all their other starters so far in the spring have gotten, at, at least somebody was telling me in the back, at least a couple of innings. Ten pitches? I, I thought, yeah, ten pitches is didn't seem like much. But, again, it's his first outing. And and part of it, too, is they, he went out, did what they wanted him to do, got three outs, get him out after a successful outing. I, I, I would like to see him go at least two innings. But I, I, I'm telling you, they're going to do everything in their power to protect his arm. They're going to Wait, it sounds like you like this or defend it. No, I don't. No, I, I don't. want him to stretch out his arm and come north with the Pirates and I, start I, winning some I games. I agree, but I'm trying to explain to you the way baseball is different now than even like 10, 15 years ago. No, I get it, but I just – And the other why, is, why does everybody I, else pitch two, two innings? I agree. Ten pitches? My thing is I think they wanted him to, for his first outing to have success. You know, I think the next time he goes out, he might pitch two or three innings, and we'll, we'll ah, go from there. He's a big boy. If he got hit in the second inning, he'd be okay. Right. I agree. I Listen, I would have left him out there for two innings. You're not hearing me. You're listening to me, but you're not hearing me. You know what I'm saying? There's a difference. I'm I am. Just I get it. And he had a nice first outing, and nice his self-esteem is high. And guess what? Everybody and their mother is going to write a glowing story about him tomorrow. The fact that his debut uh, of spring training, he hit 102 on the gun, had a perfect inning, yada, yada. All that stuff is what they want, uh, is, is what they wanted out of this. They got what they wanted out of it. Their feeling is, listen, the thing about baseball, I mean, th- their feeling is th- they have him pitching sides. They have him pitching, you know, bullpens. They have him pitching all these other things. They're, they're going to be able to evaluate him in many different ways. Maybe next, maybe next outing in five days, 11. he'll throw one pitch, one and they'll pitch. say he that was a strike. It was a hundred miles an hour. I, Yay for Paul! Let's take him I out. Tell him, I tell him, go out there in the first pitch. I want you to just let it rip and see if you can get the one hundred four on the gun, and we'll take you and out. We'll take you out. <laughs> just, everybody. And here's the thing: there are so many people that, that, that are so starved in this town for baseball success. If he, if they did that, they'd be like, he threw one hundred four. Yeah, they lose their minds about it. You know what they're not starved for? Bailey Falter. <laughs> Bailey Falter. Already Mackey. gave up a home run. He's, he's, there you go. Uh, Jason Mackey reported this. Uh, Skeens threw 10 pitches, four that registered triple digits. He's out of the game. And then the comments underneath. <laughs> <laughs> they already saw enough to put him in the starting rotation. Bailey Falter is batting practice. Now I see why the game was not on TV. I'm about to cry. This is tremendous stuff. The one guy says, now they'll blame Henry Davis's lack of pitch framing for Bailey Falter's <laughs> inability to be a big league pitcher. This guy, this guy who calls himself nothing, sell the team. <laughs> but they will, they will blame Henry Davis's lack of pitch framing for Bailey Falter's inability to be a big league pitcher. <laughs> oh, that's tremendous. Now that's pretty funny. Hank Davis hit a three-run homer. It's What's Cooking, brought to you by Mr. Reuter. 
Thank you, Mr. Reuter. Very kindly, 412 Reuter 2, and brought to you by your local Geico rep, Tim Hester. Thank you, Mr. Hester. Equally kindly. 50-minute mark on the fan coming up, brought to you by South Hills Chrysler Jeep Dodge Route 19 Peters Township, celebrating 50 years in the South Hills. What time are we going to today, City Limits? we got about six minutes for text in the city. Paul, you ready for this? I'm ready. We rank them one to ten. Let's hear some. Oh, it's our favorite way to end the show. Here we go. This is from our friend Phil. Why do the Penguins get a pass? They are old, slow, and strapped with no trade clauses with contract. It's almost like Hextall sabotaged the Penguins because he never caught Robbie Brown back in the day. <laughs> Who's giving the Penguins a pass? They get ripped left and right. I, I don't think anybody gives them a pass. What I the hell a, is this guy talking that, about? I give him, this, guy, this guy gets a two for that. Give him a pass, although I did like the ending, and uh, I was just looking at Yoey's mailbag on how Hextall has just uh, destroyed this team. I, I, can live with, I can live with that criticism that Hextall didn't do a very good job, but as far as nobody giving the Penguin a hard time, that, that's stupid. Why can't I find this? Some of the moves he made were so mind-blowingly horrendous that uh, I don't think anybody will ever get over it. Next. From Andy Man. Oh, I give that one a, a 7.5. I actually liked it. What? The this text. last one, yeah. About the nobody give, giving yeah. the Penguins a... Well, no, I disagreed with him, oh, okay. but I liked the presentation. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. Okay. Andy Man, the Pirates finished with 90 wins with the best team ERA in the MLB. Sneak into the playoffs and win a series. What? That's Who is what this? It said. This is Andy Man. What if, he's asking? or No, what? that's what he's saying. That's his take. What's his take? His take is that the Pirates are going to win 90 games, the best team in ERA in the MLB, and snake into the playoffs and win a playoff game. This guy's out of his mind, yeah. and it's just sort of a straightforward, not really – I mean, it's a, it's a strong opinion, I guess, but it's not really worded very interestingly, Paul. I give him a one. I give him a, a two. I agree. I think uh, for the most part, I love the optimism. but Maybe we should start judging Stop. city limits. He's the one who's calling through Stop. these all day, and this is the one he picks? Go ahead. This one's better. This is from Chris in Thornburg. The Steelers will not be successful until they let off the farce that is the Pittsburgh way. That bred success at a time when stability was the most important differentiator between clubs. Big English. I'm done with B-rated players with ties to the city. Kenny Pickett was solely to appease the fans. Let's move him with the city forward and stop being stuck in the past. I mean, I give that guy an eight. Here's the thing. It, it, that's the Steelers have become... Stability without accountability. That's the phrase. Stability for stability's sake. Stability for stability's sake. That that that's that's all this crap is anymore. I agree. I agree one hundred percent. I I like the text. The only thing I will say is this: Omar Khan taking over. There has been, at least over the last year, some semblance of the idea that they are trying to modernize what they do. Yeah, I agree. So they've done some things differently. Yes, they have. So I would say I like the text. I'll give it an eight. But I think Omar Khan is sort of changing the face over there. Listen to this going back to Hextall. I found this thing in Yoey's mailbag. He says, I know people don't want to hear it. They want to blame this and that, Sully and this. Here's what Ron Hextall actually did part of this. He lost Jared McCann and Brandon Tanev on the same weekend because he wanted to protect Jeff Carter. He traded John Marino and Mike Matheson on the same day with the ultimate return being Jeff Petrie and Ty Smith. 
It's almost unfathomable, says Yoey, and I agree. If that was a text, Yoey would get a 10. Go ahead. Last one. This is from Eric and Carrick. It rhymes. Sometimes when we read or write, there is a world we really need. It frustrates us. We pound our fists because that word does not exist. If we could just invent a word that wouldn't need to be inferred to say exactly what we meant, that word would be incrinculant. Even as the inventor of, in, of incrinculant, that text is horrible. You wrote I a give, paragraph yeah, to I give describe it. A, it. I, I give what it the a hell? Three. I could I, read War and Peace a little <laughs> quicker than I read that. What is that guy doing? It's a text. So is he quick? The hell with it? Zero. Sorry, Eric and I give Garrett. it a zero point zero. I give him maybe negative on that one. That was horrifying. Like, if this is the best we're horrific. getting, city limits, do we keep going with this? There was not a lot this? of good text today. Why aren't people catching on with it this? It was horrific. They, they were, were good yesterday. Nah, they sucked yesterday, too. <laughs> Should we end this? I think uh, we got to continue to run it out there and see how it goes. I like the music. I'll Me say too. that much. That was horrific. Paul, thank you for coming in today. You fought through, uh, oh, yeah. fought through a lot. I can't believe I made it all the way through. Honestly, um, at 10... 40, which was about 10 minutes after I got here, I was getting ready to tell you, Joe, I think you're on your own. I'm going home. I think the bagel early in the game the helped bagel you. bagel helped me. That you seemed know. to rejuvenate A lot you. of water has helped me. You know, I'm good. Yeah. You're looking better. All right. We'll do this again tomorrow. We have Ray Fittipaldo at 11. We don't have city limits. You did, a, I mean, an okay job today. You've done better, to be honest. I with gave you. up a run. Yeah. You gave up. Well, you, Maybe two. You were yeah. better than Bailey Falter. Yes. Who is it? Not, not a high bar. <laughs> Thank you, City Limits. You were tremendous as Thank you, always. Joe. Thank you, Paul. All right, bye-bye. I don't know who else we have tomorrow, to be honest with you. Ray Fittipal. Oh, Tyler DeFabo, Kennedy. Maybe. And DeFabo, and I Kennedy. hope, from the Combine. We have all kinds of people, Paul. And all, a Penn State basketball player? Is she coming kinds, on? Uh, all kinds of treats. This is unbelievable. Oh, yeah. Allegedly, yes. Uh, Penn State female basketball player. Fan Weather, brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. Check out special financing for qualified buyers on new Silverado 1500 trucks. Cold, but sunny today. And then it's going to warm up a little bit tomorrow and then a lot over the weekend. Talk to you tomorrow. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.